This is NRL Boom Rookies. Episode of NRL Boom Lookies alongside me, as always, the Sean Johnson of podcasting, Mitch Doyle. The Sean Johnson of podcasting. Why am I Isaac Luke? You're Sean Johnson because we're the only ones having a go during the, origin, a, we during are. the origin period. <laughs> we are Dale's gallivanting around Europe. Harry's somewhere. Campo's wandering through the wilderness after we reminded him of the 2016 preliminary final. Yeah, we today. ruined his, his day. We actually did. It was his fault for not liking Fight Club. But anyway. <laughs> But yeah, no guests today, so we'll uh, we'll treat this podcast with the exact respect of mid round, mid origin footy. Deserves. But I've been told that the 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 NRL will die and give if it gives a free kick to AFL by pausing for three weeks, means that we instead of having to suffer through all these shit outs, it game. will die. That's you know, yeah, that's the whole point. It to, dies pause for three the, weeks. Yeah, to pause the competition for the one thing the AFL is most jealous of in Australian sport. Yeah, it'll I think kill. They tried to copy like five different times. Yeah, I mean, yeah. how how else could we see you know South with seventeen players missing play the Knights and oh. And what just on that, do? that's our first game. <laughs> South 12, Newcastle 20. Um, I'm going to shock everyone and not make any excuses. Well, no. Because I, they had no Ponga and Clemmer, so you would have thought on balance it was quite fair, and they just outplayed us. And yeah, yeah, we do this every year, and we say in this period, we're not going to sit here and say every game the caveat is XYZ was missing. We might say some on some occasions, yeah. but like, this is mid-origin footy. Both teams missing players. South obviously missing more, and they also lost... Adam Reynolds during the week to a fractured back in one of the many new ways he finds to get injured. And in typical Adam Reynolds fashion, an injury which sounds like it might keep a man out for two years. He'll be back in three weeks, apparently. Mm -hmm. But regardless of that, in this game, I just thought, not out-efforted, that's a cop-out, but I thought that the Knights got over the advantage line a lot. Their forwards were... Their forwards, It's like they had something to prove without Clemmer there. I did know, I mean, it was preordained that no matter what the... Like, no matter who played well, if Newcastle won, it was going to be a Mitchell Pearce masterclass. And sure enough, we got that narrative from someone. I can't remember who. It doesn't matter. He was decent. He was fine. He was about the eighth best knight. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Mason Lino played better than he did. I thought... And, yeah. Mason Lino is the Maori uh, Sam Williams. It's like, you want him in there for like four (laughs) or five weeks. He played really well. He had a great game. He sold that... also played well. He sold that brilliant double pump for for Mitch Barnett's try. And as usual, as we do find with with the Fox commentators, when they're trying to credit a player for something... Like Mitchell Pierce, it was he, it was Mitchell Pierce who created that try by giving the ball to Lace, Mason Lino because yep. he gave it to him. He then double pumped and and put a great ball through for Mitch Barnett. But yeah, as you said, I thought Connor Watson was also exceptional. Hmm. Which Hooker's not usually his position. He's played there a bit and he hasn't always been good in that role. But he was strong in the air in this game. And then they also had the physicality. I thought Daniel Saifidi starting. He was awesome. Was quite good. But this is one of those games that if you look across the park, there wasn't a lot of individual standout from the Knights. I thought it was a, a really good effort across the park. I mean, almost all the backs did their job and carted the ball out of their end. Yeah. And, and uh, you know, so you had like, you know, they all made about 100 oddish metres. They all worked hard out of their end. And then on South side, there actually was some chances from South. Not 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 clear-cut chances. There was a couple of things. They just, you know, James Robertson made two half breaks yep. and kicked off them. Herodi <laughs> kicked the went out on the full by bad. 17 metres. Herodi dropped a, dropped a try doing yeah. that. There was opportunities there, but the Knights were the better team on the day. Both teams missing troops, and they just seemed throughout most of the 80 minutes, it felt like the Knights were on top. First win over South since 2011. It was. End of an era. Yeah. Um, and I also thought, like, even Kurtman had a decent job at fullback, yeah. and, and in these games they've won now, they're getting better performances out of those fringe players. Like in the past when this Knights team, when it turned up, you'd have like five guys play yeah. well max. This is one of those games that, oh wait, you know, again, Daniel Savini played well and Kurt Mann played well, Mason Leno played well. Like, And we said a couple of weeks ago, if you're the Knights, you'd take one out of three of Roosters, Souths and Melbourne in that run. They've taken two, two. out of two and who, you, you wouldn't bet against them doing it again this week. 100%. Um, 
Yeah, they're playing really well. Not much else to say. Um, We've got to talk about the stinks and stuff, right? Because people yeah, are losing their minds. That's what I was getting to. Oh, fantastic. Um, Sam, I'm okay with a sim bin, but I would have copped the sending off. But let, let's be real. like we got blokes like Michael Ennis carrying on the team. Oh, that's a headbutt. It's like, it is, mm-hmm. but like he barely touched him. Yeah, it was it was more like a what you see in a, like a soccer fight headbutt kind of thing where they sort of just lean their head into the other guy to look tough. That wasn't like a that was not a Liverpool kiss. That yeah. was a that was as tame. That would not have hurt anyone. No, it's one of those things. We're in this spot now. Like the commentators win for a long time that the send off was dead, for example, and and they finally brought in. And I thought it was overdue. A good rule change that the sim bin is for foul play. Mm-hmm. Great rule change. And now any time one of these old school penalties happens, people are screaming it's a send-off. Mm. How many times do you have to have to see now that a trip is a fine? Don't understand a trip is not a send-off anymore. And in this one, it's just the same thing. This is the way every punch isn't created equal. For example, when Curtis Scott got sent off for breaking Dylan Walker's cheekbone, every headbutt is not created equal. I don't give a shit that he put, they clashed heads. Yeah, he that did would not have blood him. Fly. He did not blood him. He went in to put his head on his head. Yeah. In went, saying that, Lock and Fitzgibbon should not have been simple. He shouldn't. Have. He did not do anything. It and should have been 12 against 13 and. Pen- oh, sorry, uh, 12 against 11 in favour of Newcastle and their penalty. Instead, yeah. it was the South's penalty. There's absolutely 11, nowhere 11, in the rule book that says a headbutt is a simian, by the no. way. Again, it's about referee discretion of level of misconduct or foul and play. I, and I thought they got most of it right. Yeah. In that, in that little. Fitzgibbon scuffle. was unlucky. Yes, he was. And then there's. Yeah, there was a lot of ridiculous takes flying off around that, as there usually is. And. Um, right, how about our man, Harry Ramage, in full Gronk mode, being like, oh, Sam's suspension shouldn't count until after his surgery because he knew he was getting surgery. Yeah. I love Harry. I love Harry too. <laughs> and that is that one is that is definitely a, a News Corp level take. It could, it could have come from well, Paul Kent. It does Kent. work there. <laughs> yeah. so. But it's um it's just one of those things like, I know his argument was for the sake, he's saying, oh, you know, Sam Burgess knew what he was doing, went out there. He knew if he got suspended, it wouldn't matter because he was getting shoulder surgery. And I might bother argument if, you know, you've got a random fire up from, you know, a Kyle Turner decided to break someone's face in in this game. But that's just Sam Burgess. He does it every week. He didn't go out there with different intent. He's just a grub in general. He did the same thing he always does. He didn't think in the back of his mind, I'm getting surgery after this game so I can get in a fight and have a swing or whatever. He didn't do anything out of the ordinary of what he would have done. Mm. Harry did also say that Sam seems to have really ramped up the grubbishness in the last 18 months or so, which I do agree with. I agree with that. It's gotten worse than ever before. Almost every game he's in a stink now, yeah. which is weird. Generally, when the players mature, they turn that down a little, but Sam Burgess has gone it's full. It's not really, and, and I know it sounds cliche, but it's not exactly what you want from your captain, but. Not it's well. not. It's not. And then, yeah, he was in, in it in this game. He also, I thought he got unlucky. I thought South got unlucky actually with that one try disallowed. That it kind of got punched out by the fullback. Were you and I the only people in Australia that thought that was a try? Yeah, like the ball, like <laughs> like we honestly were. Like you remember, we're in the a, a rule. We're in a game with a rule book that if you remember the the famous JI try that Fabric Farah kicked the ball out of his hands. He picked the ball back up and scored. That was a try under these these rules because it was you know taken out of his hands in the end goal. And in the attempt of scoring, I believe Kurt Mann pushed, forced the ball out. You know, obviously Sam's got a loose carry as well, but the ball spews out of his hands and Kurt Mann's playing at the ball. I believe it was play on and it got picked up and they scored. And, you know, whatever, you can rest fold or not, this or that. The, the coin I'm not rest folding. We, probably, not. we deserve to lose regardless. But, but I just, when I did see that, I thought, oh, you know. I thought it was weird. I thought it was, he very clearly stripped it out. I thought but it was dismissed. Again, it was weird because, like, in this case, as you know, whenever I'm not sure about a decision, I don't use my phone out when Seattle's playing, but mm. I'll jump on Reddit or Twitter to check what's going on. Mm. But no one agreed. Everyone was like, yeah, no try. What are we looking yeah. at? And I was like, oh, all right, I guess I'm wrong. Uh, I thought James Roberts was pretty handy for a debut as well. He got the yeah. classic case. Unfortunate missed tackle in the first minute to lead to a try. but He did. Then, But you got that classic case of... Um Give it to Roberts. You know, it's just like the same thing when it's Bronson Cherry now too, or it's a yeah. troll, or whatever. Yeah, yeah. The whole game, the compadres are like, 
why isn't James Roberts getting the ball? It's just funny. It's like, come on, they guys. They did this in every Broncos game this year. They did. But it's, it's like, and it's quite funny because he's not exactly a strike center inside the opposition 20, is he? He's no. Not, he's like, he's your home home run hitter. And like, I remember playing for Brisbane earlier this year. They were like, oh, give it to the Jet. It's like, well, mate, they're 15 meters out on tackle two. They don't yeah. need to feed James Roberts. There was Calm one down. one moment in this game. It was like, ta- they, you were coming out of your end five minutes ago. This is prime Jet time, by yes, the way. They yes. did give it to him. But the kick went over to his corner. Gagai, or not Gagai. So Hiroti got tackled like 10 meters out. And so it's like tackle one in front of where Jimmy Jet is standing behind the play of the ball. And they're like, give it to the Jet. It's like, so you think he's going to get the ball from behind the play of the ball and just score? <laughs> like, just, that's it. He'll just run around them somehow. Yeah, no space. He's got to get the ball and run. It's just like, come on, well, boys. Well, he's not like, BJ Lelua. No, like, that's, he's not. That's, yeah. <laughs> but anyway. no, he's probably handy enough on debut. And um, yeah. Hiroti, obviously not ready for that much first grade. Yeah, he's, he's been, been playing. dropped for Kyle Turner this week. He has been. telling. You um, didn't get enough out of him uh, and Campbell Graham in terms of yardage in this game, I thought. No, and I Hiroti agree. But, hey, dropped. there's our minor premiership hopes derailed by origin. How good? What a, what a, what a great time to be now Because you're obviously on top of that. You've had it compounded by injuries to Adam Reynolds and now you've got Tom Burgess as well. And now Sam's having surgery. And whilst it's not because of just origin, it's just funny how we, we spend so long of the season during the year trying to dub the current best team the Premiers. And we dub the Roosters. There's no way someone's stopping them five weeks ago. And whilst I'm on the board of, of Rabbitohs as the best team in the competition... There is so much to play out from here, and it's not always the best team wins the competition. There's so long way to go from here. We don't even know who the who the premiers are yet. Until we see who's fit come round twenty odd, you're not going to know anything. Because again, the South just lost three that three key players for yeah. a number of weeks now. It's 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 highly annoying. Well, it but is. it's but it's our fault and good players, I guess. Yeah, it is. Idiots. But oh, the, oh, the injuries you can't you can't help. But yeah, yeah. Uh, West Tiger zero, Canberra twenty eight. Three clean sheets for the Green Machine this year. Yeah, I don't know if that's a club record. The t- team was the first is. in like thirty years. I or whatever. think it is. But isn't um like we always talk about players? You know, talk about the guys who make players around them better. Like Thurston made his team better. Mm-hmm. Uh, Kronk makes his teammates better. We always r- rabbit on about Haas that do it. But mm-hmm. like John Bateman, if there's anyone who makes their team better than he does, being included this year, he counted for rookie now. of the year. No, because he's played Super League. That doesn't count. Bullshit. Doesn't count. But it's like um. You know, we've already been through this, most likely signing of the season, but the impact he has on a team is so rarely seen of a player outside of a key position, but it's just like... It's revs everyone up. The team's just on and hot when he's when he's around, and they just there's some of these wacky tries they score. A lot of them, his involvement's in it, but one in one of the tries they scored, he overcalled Tom Starling, got the ball, and set up a sick play. But you just don't get that out of many Ronnie Rod Rodney players, let alone a second rower now. It's just like he could play anywhere in the side and, and, and be the best player on the field almost every game. It's... It is funny how we often disrespect England, and it's funny. He was just sitting there. We don't disrespect English forwards. No. We only disrespect but, English well, this backs, is like, well, and with good reason. Well, the thing is, like, we had question marks over John Bateman before he came because it was like, what's his best position? He plays centre, he plays back row, he plays lock. What is it? Turns out his best position is all of them. Hmm. Doesn't matter. He's better than you at what position he's in. He's better than you. Whoever he's against you, he's better than you. He could play six, he could play nine, he could play anything. One of those players who actually, he's not Tyrone Peachy, who, you know, could play anything. Bateman is the guy who could play anywhere and probably be the best player on the field still. He was exceptional in this game, and I just love the energy and swagger he brings to that Raiders team. It's bloody infectious when, he, when he's in, on, on the field. I don't know what the West Tigers are. They are a Do confounding they? rugby league team. And I thought they'd be better, but they've settled into their natural home of almost 10th. They're... <laughs> Well, they're eleventh right now because of uh, four points worse off for and against than St George Illawarra. But man alive, they've had some absolute clunkers this year, and this was another one. I, I don't understand this. Should they not play at Bankwest anymore? Because it's terrible. I mean, what's 
is this was this their second or third game at Bankwest? Off the top of your head, do you know? Third, wasn't it? I believe it's only their second. And the first one the was first when they got pants. No, by no, the they years. played another Unless one. They there. played another one there, and I'm they played, they played their third. I think they won the last one they played, didn't they? Oh, I well, no, know. I'm probably all over the shop. Who knows? I think they got they got pants by the eels, obviously, and that might be it. Yeah. Oh, no, they beat Penrith there, didn't they? I no, that was Magic Round. God, what yeah. am I saying? No, they haven't, I've, I've yeah. just looked. They've not. Yeah. They've played two games there and, and scored pants. one try and that's conceded good. seventy-seven points. So that's good. That's good. But yeah, like, seventy-nine points. Sorry, we both rate Michael Maguire as a coach. On myself, yourself, and to the day the, the first you know few weeks of the season, the felt, felt like the blueprint was there, but now you look yeah. at it and there's just no identity on the field. And now they're talking about getting rid of Embi, who. Is you know, the club cunt captain in the centres? Who also played Origin a week ago. Yeah, missed <laughs> like playing centres now. Corey Thompson's at fullback. I actually agree with Corey Thompson at fullback. Yeah, so do I. Is he not the? He's like one again most bizarre players in the league. Like doesn't again. He has no right to be good at rugby league. No, he's smaller <laughs> than me, and he's he's not yeah. particularly fast. Particularly, but he's just good anywhere yeah. he goes. He's good at fullback. But yeah, right. They have him by. They now lost Mahe Fenua. Has had the Liz Frank injury, so he's out for most of the year. They had Benji play 41 minutes again. Like, you know, then they had um, Farrah's playing a few less minutes. And they've got half... They want to get rid of Madalino. They're not playing Russell Packer. And it seems almost every week there's like two or three shuffles in this lineup. And it's just not a good sign when they're not really forced upon you. What's going on with Packer and Madalino? Both of them. I don't know. I never really rated Russell Packer. No, but I mean... That makes it, sense. It, I'd put him above Tim Manor. Who they've yes. just signed. Well, apparently Tim Manor's now backflipping, which is bizarre. The Eels will want to keep him now too. The mo- I didn't know one club wanted him, let alone two, but there's news for both of us. But yeah, you just feel like the, the, the Tigers are at this point, they were looking to sign DWZ and looking to get rid of one of Madeleine or, Pac- or Packer. And it's like they go out into the marketplace and they look for this, try to sell, get rid of that, and they come home with something. Hmm. It's like when I go, anytime I go to on eBay, it's like, yeah. I'm like, like I just, what, what, what have I bought? I don't know. <laughs> I've bought a worse thing than I went there for. I've got a Tim Manor. Up. It's like when I bought a set of Pokemon badges once. Yeah. Never did anything with them. No. They just sat in a cupboard for several years. Exactly. But I bought them. Yeah. <laughs> that was it. Yeah. That it makes sense. something. There's I know we don't have that signings happen. We would have, probably would have spoken about it in the news, but there's like there's like zero positives if that signing happens to me. Like he's not better than Packer or Madalena who you're trying to sell. So if you want to sell them, why don't you play him? And if not, if you want to give someone a chance, well why don't you why would you take minutes of like a Josh Alloa or a Tom McKayley for him? And then the third one is, oh, if you're a contender, it would make sense to sign it. But he's also not made you a better team in that way. That's bizarre if that's what happened. Is Josh Reynolds the worst signing since Anthony Watmo, just in general? Well, Josh Reynolds is such a bad signing that nobody talks about it. Yeah. He was due to come back like three weeks ago. Like, he, I don't understand what's happening. He's played in the New, New South Cup this week. But yeah. if you look at, you know, and we're not going to do pile on the Tigers cuff right now. But I was always pro. We quite b- like the Tigers. Yeah, I was always pro the the dogs dumping and buy on them, for example. And then he's on his seven fifty, eight hundred k, whatever he's on there, on top of the um, on top of, I think the Bulldogs picking up one hundred, one fifty of it. They've got that. They have Josh Reynolds on seven fifty odd, and Chris McQueen on five hundred odd, and between like, the three of them. They could not... All, all three could not be in first grade in a couple of weeks. Yeah. Uh, McQueen's back back out of first grade right now, for example, and by the trying to get rid of, and then Reynolds is playing reserve grade. That's a lot of waste of cap. For, and, and from day dot, you know, two of those look like bad signings, McQueen and Reynolds, and then and by hey. uh, look like an okay signing, but it's just weird. And then, yeah, on the field, they're just... Has no, there's no identity at the moment. Like no. they look like a a strong forward p- a team at one point. They were laying a platform, and then they don't have the best backline in the world. But you, you know, you thought the experience of Benji, 
you know, a bit of what Farah's resurgence and then Brooks' Brooks' emergence was a combination of something. But Farah's kind of proven again that at his age he can't keep it up for a whole year. They're just such a weird team. Like the as like as we said, you know, they played Parra that stadium opening. They got flogged. The next yeah. week they flogged someone. I think it was the Titans. They beat. Mm. Um, the week after that they got flogged by the Roosters. The week after that they flogged the Panthers. Yeah. And then they lost by two to Melbourne in a game they very well should have won. And they got tailed up by Seas and they got tailed up by um, the Raiders. Yeah. I, I don't get them. They're a bizarre them. team. And then on the other side of the field, you've got the Raiders now, who were a team for a long time whose depth was just terrible. And yeah. now it's like, it doesn't matter who they throw in. Bailey Simonson. Why ba- not? Yeah, Bailey Simonson plays well now. Like, Rapana came back, played on one leg and was okay. It's like anything that goes near John Bateman turns to gold. Ryan Sutton looks like an underrated recruit as well Rap- this year. Rapana is up there with Reynolds, Adam Reynolds, as the guys who constantly look like they're going to have like life-threatening injuries, who are just suddenly yeah. back in first grade. Exactly. Like, Fractured my skull. Oh, I'm yeah. fine. <laughs> Someone okay. shot me. Yeah. I'm playing. <laughs> I'm playing. And then Aiden Caesar, you know, Mitch Pierce this, Mitch he Pierce that. Bulldogs represent. Fucking Aiden Caesar. That's, that's your Blues number, number seven for game Get two. Get him in there. He was exceptional. You know, one of his best games in first grade in a while. But yeah, I look over that side and it's just like, you know, even Tom Starling looked okay. L- l- probably the smallest person ever to play first grade, bar Roy Bell. But that's just boring. Hey, it's always put some respect on Jared Samet. Jared Samet. Um, oh, God. How about Josh Rapali backing up? Yeah, and he was great. He was one of the best guys in Origin and fantastic in this game. He had 17 runs, 180 metres, and he's 40 minutes. Like, more could you ask for off the bench? Not a lot. But they were just all over the Tigers. And 28 nil. The loss, they didn't score many, many like... Uh, Classic tries. It just felt like any time the Raiders got the ball, they might just score something stupid. Yeah. Or one of the tries. The Rapana try was amazing. That try was Half of them were amazing. Fantastic. <laughs> but that one especially. Apparently, Campo kicked a field goal on the field after the game. Did he? I don't know. That's what we were Proved told. wrong. Uh, I choose to believe it. Yeah. And I, I did like that. Uh, Nick so Campo outscored the West Tigers. He did. Good on him. <laughs> and Nick Hodgson scored a try. I did like that the commentators searched their mind for the one Serbian soccer player they could refer and they didn't have any. <laughs> it's like, how do I make a, a World Cup soccer or a soccer joke and a Serbian reference? No. <laughs> Milos Ninkovic, it's right there. He's Mate, literally the best player in Australia. Like Luka Kotrich, just to say that. Oh, right, yeah, I get what you're saying. <laughs> you know, Sorry. Yeah, that any works. Serbian. Just whatever. Luka Kotrich, it was yeah, right there. It was right there. You can find no. his Croatian, though. Yeah, whatever. Just, I, did, right, I did ruin that. You did. Oops. That's all right. You tried. Well, any Luka. <laughs> Actually, Luka Kotrich works for Luka Jovic because yeah. he is Serbian. So He's Serbian. Well, look at me. Well, it's the other guy at Real. Yep. And here's Annette. Another Luca at. Annette's listening to this screaming at me now for me to Well, I'm not. I didn't out. do anything wrong. You did. Yeah. Oh, well. You might well, single You know what we re- didn't do wrong? We re- reignite the f- conflict in the Balkans. You know what we got right, suddenly? You're predicting the Warriors being shit. Bang. Segway. <laughs> Warriors 10. Melbourne Storm 32. Um, <laughs> right, sorry. We're putting Annette on blast, apparently, now. In my DMs at me and you about putting Manly above the Warriors. Oof. This is why we do a podcast for free and you don't. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, big oof. Um, and it's quite strange because they're usually quite good against the Storm, but uh, not the case here. Well, it felt like it for 20 minutes. Yeah, they, they were on top. And then, I don't know. I've, that is, it's, I mean, it's, is it time for Adam Blair to hang him up? I mean, it, yes. I would say yes. We yes. just go to England and be like the best forward in England because he would be. He made like a bazillion but, um, tackles in this game, but yeah. whatever. But he's just not touching the ball at all. Yeah. Like every week, it feels like he has like three runs for 20 meters. Like, and uh, I, and I get like he was good there last year. His average he, run meters per game, would you like to guess? 33. It's 58, which is yeah. higher than I thought it was. Yeah, that is, <laughs> must have got like 200 in one game by accident. I guess. Got one of those breaks where like he's looking for support <laughs> <Yeah>. and <he's> running. <laughs> 
But yeah, this the Warriors got the full Nicarima experience in this game. And the first twenty minutes, he laid on a try, running the ball on last, really nice, like good, good ball playing down the left hand side. You know, played fast at the line, fed fed um, uh, Hiku who not was yeah it was Hiku put over Malmalo, and then fo- six minutes later followed through a Blake Green kick and scored a try. And you're thinking, here we go, here we go. I even saw a Warriors fan tweet, who said Nicarima wasn't the missing piece. I did see that. That's the and then. <laughs> By full time, did defense, you like that tweet? And I did not. I did not. By full, I've grown up. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't. But, I just, I don't do that but by full time, then there was Warriors fans saying, "Sell Nicarima, <laughs> get rid of him," and that's a full experience because, like, as it the is. game game rolled on, he made three mistakes. One of them, he threw the ball straight over to the sideline in the back line movement. Another one, he looked likely in a run, and they tapped the ball out of his hands from behind. Another one, he dropped it cold. And then he's at that whole, like, the defense just collapses in on him. Like, Jerome Hughes went over him for a try, and then a few of the other tries they scored was the same old thing when the outside men have less faith. We saw at Brisbane, and they That Jerome Hughes in. try was so disrespectful. He, he was. was, like, just staring them down as he was still standing in the in goal before he yeah. grounded the ball. It was so good. I and enjoyed that, it. And that was what used to scare me about Nick Arama being in my team at Brisbane, was, like, there was if someone ever, like, just figured it out and just ran at him, you're most likely going to score a p- point. So, so what you're saying is the Warriors need to sign Matt Gillett. Yes. <laughs> there you go. And and over on the storm side, like addition by subtraction by the with the Brody Croft concussion. Like big time. Jerome Hughes goes into the seven. He was good at fullback anyway, but he just bossed it at seven. I know he just ran all day, but all they ask Croft to do is run and he doesn't do much of that anyway. And then Pappenhausen looked much better at fullback. And again they've named Croft in the seven this week, and it feels weird because it's very rare that Bellamy doesn't do the right thing again. All the fans are calling for Hughes and right or wrong, he's not doing that. And maybe it happens this week, but immediately he went to seven and the game swung. He went to seven, he scored a try, and then they dominated for the, for the, the remainder of the game and all their points pretty much came down that left-hand side bar, came Smith grub, grubber through to Jesse Bromwich. He was fantastic. And he's one of those guys, like again, one, six, seven, whatever. He hasn't really got a position, but in this storm system, when, when the fulcrum of the attack is Cameron Smith, not a number seven, he can, he can really fit in on that, that halves role. He probably wouldn't fit in playing seven, for example, at many other clubs, but where, it, where it's run like that at Melbourne, he can do that job. Yeah. Uh, Cronulla 42, Parramatta 22. Honestly, this flatters the heels a little bit. It does. It really does. I mean, Cronulla were that team that had all these injuries, and we had said a lot when, when they get their guys back, like they get their structures I back I think they're the fourth best team. Yeah, they get Moylan in there, who's key their structures. They're a much better side. Has that happened? I wonder if... Has that happened before in the NRL era? Same top four in consecutive years? I don't think so. It might happen this year. Uh, well, but probably is a time. Like, Roosters... No, because uh, the Bulldogs ki- got kicked out for... Oh, no, 13 maybe? No, Pedro? it was uh, like 15, 16, I'm trying to think. Storm, Roosters, Cowboys, uh, Broncos. Oh, no, Broncos finished fifth in 2016. I'll like, look it up later. But either years. way, um, it could happen this year. It could. It should probably happen one year. In terms of the next bottom, the bottom four of the top eight. No, because the Raiders were like second in 2016. Yeah, that's the team so. that blew it. That was the team that blew it. There was the other four. Yeah, as we talked about today. Yes, that's Edric Lee. Put, putting, the, putting the Raiders on blast again for Campo. He's going to listen and get sad again. Yes, we talked him into saying they could have won that grand final. <laughs> After he convinced himself it wouldn't have mattered anyway. That was cruel, but I'm okay with it. <laughs> well, he kind of talked himself into it. All I said to him was that the storm weren't good in the grand final. And he just like went on a rant. <laughs> anyway... In this game, as you said, the 22 points kind of flatters the Eels. At another club, you now wonder, like they started the season all right, but you wonder, what are they doing? Like Earlier in the year, they before the season kicked off, they told Corey Norman and Mitch Moses and Michael Jennings they could all find new clubs. And now they've let Norman go, and they've re-signed the rest of them. 
It's like what what changed your mind on Mitch Moses in in third hand and rounds? Jennings as well. These yeah. are guys they wanted to sack at the start of the year yeah. who they've now given multi year contracts. Well, they given Jennings to. Well, one, Jennings year one year, deal, yeah, and I, Moses three, but. And it's one of those things that me, me and you discuss this. Okay, so Mitch Moses' market value, 800K, is probably his market value. But if I'm in Parramatta's shoes, I'm not paying him that. It's just that. Like, you know, this if it's if you offer me, oh, my, do I want Mitch Moses or 800K or Cody Nicaragua on 600, I'm taking Moses. But if I'm in the boots of like, I've just paid Clint Gutherson, I'm about to pay Dylan Brown for Christ's sake, who's barely played. Yep. And I probably have to play Ray, pay Ray Martini, and then I'm going to pay Mitch Moses. I'm going to pay over two to three, $2 million dollars for this spine that's proven to some of fuck all, and then hope. Like you already know who Moses is, and I just one of those things that like most of the time I argue for the player values when we talk about this stuff. Eight hundred k for him though, I'd be saying, look, off you go. We'll either sign a veteran or we'll or we'll get someone cheap. Like. It's a couple of years ago, I remember guys like Maloney and Blake Green would get passed around for nothing in the end of the season because nobody wants the old guy. It's like, well, look for that kind of situation again or I'll just give another rookie a, a go because I know you don't want to go into games with so many rookies, but I don't want to pay 800k to Mitch Moses on top of Gutho's 650-odd and Dylan Brown's 600-odd that's coming. Yeah, I completely agree. It's, it's yeah. too much to tie up in players that quite simply aren't that good. They're just a lot of good. Yeah. Not, not not great, and that's that's it. It's a, too much, and it's very Parramatta. They just can't get away with value. They can't. They never get away with like we've got this guy on good. Even when Dylan Brown plays, it's never like, well, we got him on a rookie deal for two three years. He's getting paid, and I mean that's a whole other tangent for me. I'm of the belief that rookie deals should be a thing. Like I'm getting sick of now seeing like it's a Wayne Bennett take too. I, like you know Sam Walker now. Well, that, Wayne Bennett's never wrong. So yeah, well, I'm saying it's a good one, but the Sam Walker now the son of like uh, Ben Walker. Is going to the Roosters on a multi, you know, couple hundred k a year deal. He's seventeen and he's signing that. And it's just like there's a couple of things that are at play for that for me. It's firstly is that I just don't think you can't build around good rookies anymore. Where everyone has so much hype that they all get paid a lot, but like young men aren't prepared to to make that money. Like it is not. Like I remember me being eighteen, nineteen, what I would have blown the money on. And if you've read the Payne Haas story or interview like a week ago, when he got paid at Brisbane, he was off doing, getting getting pissed and doing drugs because like. He thought he made it already. Young men aren't ready to make that money. And secondly, like, sorry, thirdly, it's just like, I just don't think it's just good, it's good for the future of rugby league that you're getting paid more when you haven't done anything than when you've actually done something, if you get me. Yeah, no, I get you. I and mean, it, but it's an arms race now. That's what's happening more and more with these I mean, juniors. how many Moses Sullies and, and Carl Faligas are there? There's, there's yeah. heaps. And oh, you, I just, yeah. I don't know. Yeah, and it's just, we, we get to an arms race before players have even played first grade now. Mm. And it's just like, that's ridiculous. Like, they should, there should be some sort of rookie scale contract you can sign. And that's just it to me. Anyway, back to this actual yeah. game. Cronulla were awesome. Um, they and were, we, were, we were a little bit down on Bronson Cherry after his first couple of games, but he's really, really settling in there oh, now. This is a good game. I, I, yeah. Back on the left hand side, which he played in Cup, and I've obviously smashed him for his being running two across field. You know, bad hands yep. and that kind of stuff. But this game, he really straightened up. And, I mean, it's a luxury to play outside Wade Graham, who came back in oh, and looked the same. Here's a take. Yeah. But we, which, actually, we all agreed on. Yeah. Um, Graham in, right now. Yeah, one game's enough. Seriously. <laughs> he was awesome. But, yeah, you know, Cherry outside of him, who, you know, again, Wade Graham's a bit of the heartbeat of this team and creativity. Yeah, big time. You hear him more than back in creative-wise. But on that left-hand side, he just supported some things Graham did and looked great. You know, or half opportunities that Graham gave him, he got into space and, and, and they've got the luxury off. of one of the best three halves in the world to come back into the team. So that's nice. Yeah. That's well, a nice, yeah. Bloody hell. Yeah, and then uh, Kyle Flanagan is, is not setting the world alight, but again, he's, he's just right. like... He's, he is doing what I wanted Connor Tracy to do for yeah. Souths. 
which he has not done. He, you know, in terms of if comparing him to young Nathan Cleary, for example, when he was 18, he's not much different to that. You know, and mm. Fanning is not 18 anymore, but in terms of he does his job, decent is kicking. Yeah. You know, not a, not a vacuum on defense. So he was, he was pretty solid. But yeah, I thought in the, in the forwards you saw Fafita a much better game out of him. Maybe he's healed up a little, but he didn't take his usual massive fifteen to twenty runs. But he took fourteen for one hundred and thirty-two meters. Whereas a couple of weeks ago he had what like it was like twenty odd runs, like one thirty or whatever, running sideways. He was pretty good. And then yeah, you, you have a bit of a, a Paul Gallon resurgence. But those guys on the bench like Jack Williams and Braden Hamlin Ueli have been just ex- exceptional this yep. year. They just re-signed Jack Williams, and they're looking at signing Hamlin Ueli up again too. And that was when there was just no break for Parramatta in this. The the Sharks' strong forwards kept that role going. Yeah, and they got that start. Going. And they got that start, and you thought, well, maybe Parra find a way back in after Mike Sevo scored. But nah, the role just kept going. And then on the Eels' side as well, like, the, the, you know, you look at the forward pack in this game, and Tepai Moroa side in the middle, meh. And then they lost Gutherson after two minutes. And I really hated the shuffle they did. They shuffled, so lost Moroa, oh, sorry, Gutherson at fullback. And in their back line, they have Ferguson and Hoffman, who we know have first-grade fullback experience. So you sit there thinking, oh, well, put the guys who play fullback back there. And I know Will Smith has played fullback too, but... But yeah. Josh Hoffman was a first-grade fullback at the Broncos for like two years. And he's not he great. He great, but, no, but it's fine. like But over putting David Gower at six, that was the alternative. It's like you put David Gower at six and Will Smith at fullback, and after two minutes, I thought, this game is over. Will Maybe Smith, yeah. Brad Arthur just really wanted to make Mary happy. Maybe she would have loved David Garrett in the half. Yeah, it's like, what, like no one else did. But I just understand why Will Smith doesn't stay there. You move Hoffman or Ferguson to fullback, and then you put you know Manu Manu or Nia Kore in the yeah. centres. Sean Lane, biggest centre ever. Why yeah, not? Why not? Get the people like they it's, want. Like well, you put Garrett at six. Like well, you've just admitted that you've got no you've, one half of the fields is dead now. I don't know. I don't really understand. It's bizarre. It. We, him like isn't he not like the Arthur is like the hardest coach to get a read on. Him and Mary are the same. Is it? They get a contract extension and things just go to shit. Mm. After but it. Both kind of look the same. Just they do. Scowling bald men. But yeah, so... Yeah. And it's good on them that they, they re-sign their coach. A lot of pressure on them from the media to then re-sign these players who are just doing such a terrific job the last few weeks. Good on the boys. Uh, North Queensland, 20. Manly, 22. We said we weren't going to do this anymore, but I have to do it. Did we say this? Sorry, we we said we weren't going to give it to refs anymore, but (laughs) robbing Rube Cotter on debut of a try. Yeah. With like the most minutiae of bloody decoy. Use your fucking brains. Firstly, debut, they factors in. <laughs> Several debilitating injuries leading up to said debut. Yeah. His name's Rube. Rube. Fuck, Rube and what more do you want? Ridiculous. You, if you don't know what happened, they the the, the sorry, the shark, Cowboys almost said the Sharks run one of the standard block plays, caught him behind, a kick through, Ruben Cotter backs up the kick and scores, and they go back and check it, and they've cleared they've cleared the rap behind. But then they still didn't clear the contact. Like, they, cleared, they cleared it was caught outside the inside. Of the, and then he the gets and then, tackled and offloads. And yeah. then there's a kick. Oh. Yeah. But the guy got tackled. Yeah. So, but, but this, I don't know. They got tackled, offloads, and there's a kick. But whatever. The disadvantage of the defense took it away from Rubes, who, by the way, was used terribly in this game. They, 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 they ran out of interchanges in this game. But maybe if you use two on a hooker that plays 11 minutes, <laughs> not the smartest call, Greeny. I guess not. Uh, 
Jason Tamalolo was really good. Um, which is 33 a waste runs of time at this point. 33 runs, less than 10 meters. runs, per, less than 10 meters per run. What a which scrub! Is, which is low for Pathetic. him. 33 he had runs. like 90 post contact meters as well. Like it was it was fucked. 33 runs, 311 meters, four offloads. A guy doesn't offload in yeah. a loss, but like it's so funny that anytime other another forward cracks 200 meters, who's young now, we're like. <gasps> It's just a guy. No. This is the next best forward ever. This guy, and then now Tamalolo does this. At and this point, he's what Andrew Johns was for was when he was playing, but he for, but for forwards, like yeah, other guys are great. Sean, Sam Burgess is great. You know, um, yeah. Andrew Feed is great. Like, these are these are great players. But uh, and Marty Tapao, great. Jake Turbo, great. You know, all these guys are great, but they're not. JT, he's on an island as the best. He is, but it's one of those things. He actually hurts a certain island. No one actually appreciates you anymore. No. Well, if you hark back to when uh, all the panelists at the other newspaper rated their five best players in the game, I think our friend Nick Cantor was the only one to have Jason Tamalolo near the... He had him first, but I think he was the only one to have him in the top three, I'm pretty yeah. sure. And that's Which it. is r- absurd. Like he, If you think Latrell Mitchell's better at rugby league than Jason Tamalolo, you're an idiot. You are. And, and that's even on the pure numbers of the fact that Latrell generally touches the ball eight times a game. You cannot be the best player on the rugby league field if you touch the ball eight times a game. I don't give a shit how good those eight touches are. You cannot be the best. You know, and Tamalola influences the game so much. And I know they lost this game, mm. but they lost by two points. And you look at the team they play, they have no right to be in this fixture. Like no. Mitchell Dunn got injured too. Jordan McLean went off the field injured. Which, terrible blow from New South Wales, but we'll get there. Yeah, who, um, who was a shot there? Like He and he probably would have been picked. Tamalola was an absolute beast in the middle in this game and, and carried this pack as he always does. And mm-hmm. he's on a million bucks a year and he's almost on unders. He probably is on unders. <laughs> probably. Um, but, Cherry backing up, playing quite well. Nice to see K Cust get the winning try. You see that photo that was doing doing the rounds of like twelve year old K Cust in the sheds with Cherry Evans yes. like after a game. Now they're playing together. I thought that was quite nice. You would um, stop it just because I uh, just because I don't hate Jelly Cherry Evans as much you, as everybody yeah. else does. Yeah, you would. Some would say it's a flaw in my personality. <laughs> One of the many. <laughs> well, if that's the worst thing about me, I'll take it. Um, yeah, Man- Manly were pretty solid again. Um, yeah, they're just showing this grit and this heart that they just didn't show last year. Oh, 100%. It can't all be down to Des, but most of it is. <laughs> yeah, it just is. The attitude is just there that wasn't there with the mostly the same squad. And and you look at what, how you thought of some of these players last year compared to how they're playing this year. It's just different. Like mm-hmm. you now look Kira at the starting Sirenin's playing better. Look at the starting third. You're like, you know what? Playing really That's well. Easily a st- uh, easily top eight side now. Mm-hmm. Look at that. Yeah, and if you look at the ladder as well, I mean, you've got they're up to seventh. Parramatta and West are kind of faltering, and mm-hmm. and they're and they're the the, the dragons and. Brisbane are just outside them, but man, you you've got to think they're going to make the finals now. They're a top six side for me currently. Like you know, things can change from from here to the end of the season. I think seventh but... is about right for them. I think that's yeah. probably fair to be honest. Like yeah. if you look at Melbourne, South Roosters, Canberra, Knights, Sharks, probably all better yeah. than them. Yeah. So I guess that's fair. They're enough, around there, but... but now they got Tommy Turbo back, who wasn't great in True. this game, but he but gets his feet under him, shaking the cobwebs out. Yeah, and then they'll have uh, look, Kane Elgie's on the bench this week, so extended bench. He might play, but yeah, Kay Cust hasn't let anybody down. Nope. And just just good solid side now. And as you said in this one, they just they weren't at their best. They had a couple, couple guys backing up after Origin, but just such a grit to this team that just was not there last year. Last year they were they conceded and scored in so many clumps. They were in and out of games so often, like. They concede twenty four points. They would have lost this game like sometime. forty to sixteen last year. And there was a couple of times that the cow the Cowboys wouldn't go away in this game. Yeah, you know. The, I really enjoyed this game. It was, it was, a cra- it was a easily the game of the round. And, and when and when Frank Molo scored before half time, I thought, well, that's that. You know, if this is the manly last year, that's game. Yeah. But all the points the second half were, were manly. They scored twelve in the second half, and they just the, you know they're just a quality team now I mean, that they weren't they, last year. I mean, you do feel a bit bad that it ended with Jason Tamalolo throwing a pass to nobody. 
Yeah, and getting followed. But they did. I, they had two kicks that charged down. They got repeat sets out of. Like yeah. they shouldn't have got the Cowboys in the last couple of minutes. They were they were knocking on the door, but just couldn't couldn't find anything in those in those final minutes. Yeah, um, and yeah, as you said, Jordan McLean had another. He was looking good actually, mm-hmm. and injured. And he, he might have played Origin. I still think they would have ignored him because like for some reason he's gone to the Cowboys and doesn't exist anymore. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, he's you know he, he was in exceptional form, and I think he was what the second in run meters in terms of forwards in the competition until this game. But yeah, now he's out missing Origin two M- opportunity. Maguire backing up from Origin was pretty good. Yeah, another just another eye gouge, another casual eye gouge. He's his yeah. fourth contrary conduct charge. How many like weeks is he going to be? No out weeks, more fines. Yeah, of course. I, I wonder how many times you gouge someone in the eye to get a suspension. I know he's missing an eye. Is that why he gets away with it? Maybe. <laughs> but like this is what annoys me, right? It's like. That, like tripping, being a fine, okay. Yeah. But eye gouging's really fucked. It is. Well, that should be a suspension. Yeah. And I know people talk about a headbutt was a send off. I want someone's gouged me in the eye. Would you rather get, get headbutted or eye gouged? Like yeah. it's pretty easy, especially when the headbutt is that tame. Exactly. You can't really have a tame, tame eye gouge. <laughs> exactly. Anyway. Oh, one thing I did laugh by the way. Grant Atkins smiling and trying to hide it when <laughs> he seems good. He enjoyed George. it. He loved it. And I did Sam, also like. Mean. I'm not a huge fan of, of of the game that the referee helped with referee that most of that game. But I did also like in the scrum beforehand telling the players scrums are shit. <laughs> oh, shit. Good. good take by yeah. him. Anyway, back to this game. I thought yeah, Mitch Dunn was, was starting to look like a handy utility player for them too, and, and got injured. So the Cowboys just had that point now. It seems every single week they just lose somebody. Yeah, and it happened last year too. So you think there's got to be questions over their strength and conditioning? Is Ronnie Palmer their point. trainer? He's not. But oh, well, that's a shock. Like last week was the same. He was the same thing, right? Mm-hmm. They yeah, lost they a player like every players. week. It was weird. Uh, Brisbane eighteen, Gold Coast Titans twenty six. Take it away. Oh, this is over when Tom Dearden went off. Like, yeah. I knew it was over then. Yeah. I know the sco- I know the scoreboard. This this scoreboard flatters us as p- much it, as possible it does. as it could. Uh, nice to see Darbs paying tribute to Colin Kaepernick by again, taking a knee. Again, yeah, no. You're speaking about Cody Walker doesn't respect the troops before games. Darius Boyd will find time during a game to respect the troops. Yep. And no commentator will mention what happened. We'll just ignore that. <laughs> <laughs> it is remarkable that he just gets a pass on this shit every week. It was that God was was awful. that worse than the lie down? Yes, because the lie down at least he ran over and they like, kind of slipped. This one was like he just stopped in the, on his tracks. <laughs> I don't know. Like, I've had enough here, and he falls down and whatever. But this game, like what happened, obviously is Tom Dealing got injured after six minutes. Jake Turbin slid into seven, who did a pretty admirable job sliding into seven. But then McCulloch plays seventy-four minutes at hooker, and immediately this team is back to what it looked like the first like six rounds of the season. Service is terrible. Spending four or five tackles around the ruck. And then you have things like there was one occasion where you know you had Milford on the left hand side calling for the ball and McCulloch doesn't go his way as he's done in the past. Another occasion on fifth tackle they decide to run the ball and before fifth tackle you can see Milford raise a, a play he's caught in his hands he puts number three in the air, calls the play, it goes midfield it gets to McCulloch who decides this is my chance I'm going to dummy and run straight. Andrew McCulloch developing the running game and yeah Love to see it didn't work out well for him. Maybe Wayne will love me again if I run like Damien Cook. And mate, I'm, honestly, I'm becoming a bloody Penrith slash Tigers fan, mate. I'm like, look at, I'm bloody looking at under 18s today, talking about our young fellas now. I'm like, oh, well, next year. Next year, it's all the young fellas now. But Do you this- think maybe you should have kept James Roberts? Yeah, don't start me on that. So there was one opportunity when Subasaki kind of got put away for like 30 out from our line. That's a try. I don't think he's very it. good. No, he's not. He's not. And obviously, with Jack Bird out, he's playing. And Isaiah Parisi has been developed, so he might take his job. And then there's Tess and Nui, who killed the under-18s last week. He's not a centre. So I don't think Shibasaki's going to be there for long. Are you saying South's won the James Roberts, which you cannot trade? 
Is that, is that what you're telling me? It's a prolonged trade. Yeah. And Richie Cannavale was okay in he this game. Fine. He's always been but, like an okay player. But the, the big thing was like we missed Corey Oates so bad. There was two opportunities we threw cutouts to Kenna 20 out and just hoped that like, he'd like, somehow score. Corey Oates probably scores. It was like Corey Oates will at least have a crack, but Kenna, like, he knows his limits. He cut back in both times. Um, I was going to say Darius, whatever, whatever. What, gonna, what happens if you limp into the finals somehow? And Darius is still there. We're go- just- we're, I think we're going to make the finals. We're much better when Turpin goes back to nine. Like he was good in this game again. How long is Dearden out for? Oh, Dearden's out for six weeks or so. so- Sean O'Sullivan plays seven now, yeah. though, who I yeah, don't yeah. mind. Again, the seven's role in our team currently is like just to defend okay and kick the ball sometimes and give the ball to Milford. It's not hard. But yeah, Turpin's defense has been quite good. He put a few hits on in this game, and he looked quite—he looked strong. So I think back at nine, the energy will be back around the ruck. That'll be all right. Um, Titans, Titans side. Tyrone Roberts, what a player! Yeah, I, I do like Tyrone. Having a fantastic season. And he had a great game. And uh, one thing I hate: we're watching the game, and commentators kept rapping Jared Wallace, and, and this is one of those things where you just look at someone's meter count, and you think, "Oh, Wallace had a good game." Forgetting the part where he dropped the ball three times, like when it was crucial occasions, and a crucial penalty he gave away. You know, it's just like, there's more than the run meters in stats, boys. And then Keegan Hipgrave was like, did his best to put the Broncos back in Going this game. Going for Keegan. you love to see it. Yeah. Like, Fudu was really good again. He was. It was th- three plays in a row, essentially, Keegan Hipgrave gave, <laughs> dropped the ball and tackled one after a, pen- after a penalty they received. Missed the tackle that let Jake Turbin <laughs> score. He's so dumb. And then, <laughs> and then gave the penalty him. away. I love that he doesn't play for my team he's so a, much. He's... 100% park football attitude because the next, the next tackle that gave a penalty away we got down there in but one of the biggest problems of this team was I mentioned it a few weeks back how the Broncos conceded the most tries or seven tackle sets and it was there again in this game in the first half we were down 18-0 and all three tries came off of seven tackle set that we conceded you know why? To- like, what's the, like why does this happen? I don't really know. Like the first two were the same I, I called the first one when Shibasaki dropped it in goal well there we go Titans are going to score and they did we, have, we conceded Till that point, all four times we dropped the ball in the opposing in goal, we conceded a try off the next set. Later in this game, we dropped another one we didn't concede off of it. But it's just something like they get that roll on, and the set we just—I don't know what it is. It's always on the last tackle as well, too. They run it and they score. Like they did it three times in this game. One of them off the back of the seven tackle set was a penalty in the between, but I still count that as it came from the seven tackle set. But they're terrible at defending those. And the one problem that I have with that is like you know, boys, you don't have to like give those away. You know, you don't have to like. They're not a compulsory part of the game. You don't have to like slap at the ball when it's bouncing in the end goal. You know, when you get a repeat set, you don't have to slap at it. You don't whatever, and then we just can't b- bounce back off them. I don't know what it is, but yeah, McCulloch went back into the nine, and the, so it was immediately the same problems early in the year. And then we started asking where Milford was as well. The last few weeks, Milford was everywhere with, with clean service from Turpin. So mm. luckily, Turpin's named nine again this week. But and with impact player McCulloch off the bench, great running game. Well, hey, it was good that you had a hooker on the bench for this game. But yeah, so. over on the Titan side, as you said, Fodawaker was exceptional again. He's had he's had a quietly good season. Another young forward who should be getting some more hype than he is, but he plays at this club. But yeah, Tyron Roberts really bossed the game. Brian Kelly was was, was strong, strong again out of, out of their side. But I feel like. They get wrapped at being really good. I thought they just took advantage of what they were given. I don't really blew the Broncos with the park. Broncos made a lot of dumb mistakes, a lot of seven tackle sets, a lot of penalties conceded, and the Titans just took advantage of those certain penalties and mistakes. So, you know, good good for them to get a win, I guess. But whatever. This is just the team the Broncos are now. Hmm. A young team who were let down the most by the two most senior players. <laughs> Fair enough. Penrith nineteen, Sydney Roosters ten. Another really enjoyable game, I thought. Yeah, I mean, the Roosters obviously missing about 10,000 players, as we mentioned earlier. A lot of players missing for them. Like, they had Sam Verrill start at nine. Didn't, I did not know who that was before this game. Yeah, and then Victor Adley came off the bench and was better in his bench role again, I thought, mm-hmm. Radley. Um, 
But yeah, Penrith. Ryan Hall was there. He yeah, participated. He's, he's average. He's no John Bateman. I'll tell you that much. English backs being shit. English forwards being good. Who yeah. thought? But uh, Billy kick out. Penrith's tactics of throw it to the big Fiji. And well, once he got a, once he got a break on his first carry, it was like, well, yeah, <laughs> well, give yeah. him give him fifteen more. And this is the James Maloney show, really. There oh, wasn't it. Like, was he? He's one of those guys, and I hate it when he's when his team's losing. He's one of those halves, and I've defended him in the past too. So he looks worse because he's one of those halves that still tries when he's losing. So things don't come off when you, the team's on the back foot, your forwards aren't rolling, and he's still trying, rolling the dice. But a good half rolls the dice when things aren't going their way. And when it's when they're on top, like they were in this game in many periods, Maloney was the only way they were really points were coming. I know Kikau scored the first one, but Maloney most likely throughout the whole fixture and was the more dominant half. Got Didn't get enough of the credit for it. But yeah, he was certainly the one that looked like the origin half on the field. Yeah, it's interesting that because... The other guy that was in the hearts of them is currently playing State of Origin. So, well, yeah, this is one of the more one of the more interesting things about modern Origin is like you know I heard Brett Finch talk about last week how when he played you know back then it was like I'm not saying this is right either but back then if you played and you had one bad game you were out. So you know Finch for example in game one 2006 was the Blues best player one in the game had a bad game do and he was gone. And we've had many other times you have a guy goes in for one game and they get dropped. Now it's like you're in and it's just like, well, you're young. You're going to get better. You, that's your jersey. Which I hate. Which we talked about last week because it's dumb. Because it's Origin. It's two teams. Yeah. You just want to try, try to win that year. You have to win this season. And that's the thing. Maloney got dropped. Even though, like, so he hasn't been great this year. Neither has Cleary. But Maloney still had been better than Cleary and was better than him last year in last year's series. And he got dropped because he is older. Yep. You were trying to win this year's series. And you probably would have won that game if it had been Maloney and Walker. But anyway. Yeah. You're trying to win this year's series, not next year's series. You're here to win this year's series. And it's like saying when, when DC was first emerging and he was looking ready to play, they put him on the bench for Queensland. But it's like them just dropping Cooper Cronk one year because, well, DC is younger. We'll get more years out of you. It's not about getting years out of them. It's who's better this year. And Cleary obviously isn't better than Maloney this year. I think anyone knows that. I think Penrith fans know that. And he lost his spot. And Cleary's going to get start another Origin game, as we know, because, well, he's young. He'll get better. And But Origin is... We've been there so many times. Origin is not where you get better. You're supposed to be good to play Origin. And Imagine then you, using Origin as a training ground. Development what, what ground. A joke. You'll learn there. And obviously players get better in that arena because you get tested at, f- at faster speeds. It's played more intense, but just the wrong mentality, if you yeah. ask me. And Campbell Gillard has one half-decent game in this game, and he's back in contention all of a sudden, apparently. Well, there are, they are, to be fair, they're running out of props. They are. <laughs> they are. I think what the contention now is like him, Matt Lodge, Matt Pryor, mate. Maybe he'll come junior back. Paulo. Junior Paulo. Junior Paulo. I'm a Junior Paulo fan. Right, I just he's think just he's not going to get picked. Not the right, not right selection for mine. No. Um, uh, but nice yeah. to see Brent Naden get his first try. Yeah, he, he's looking he handy-ish. Should have had one about three minutes before he scored and he dropped the ball. But yeah. Which at that point, I think that was just before Radley scored, I think, actually. Or was it yeah. just after? It was just uh, before, just I think. Just before. And so at that point, you might thought the Roosters were getting back into it, but then no, Penrith got the other end again. Hmm. Brian Tuo had a good game in mm-hmm. this game, I thought too. And Mitch Kenny is one of those things we talk about the difference Turpin makes at the Broncos. Kenny's made a bit of a difference at Penrith too around that ruck. That gets the forward pack rolling forward a lot more often. It's no coincidence the pack looks better with him there. Even Josh Mansell had a decent game. He did. He did. But then you look at over at uh, the Roosters' side, they yeah, lost. It's, mm, it's, it's a very... I mean, they're missing so many players if you look at this team. Yeah, they went into the game without many players, and then during the game, they also lost Isaac Liu, and I think, was it um, uh, Joseph Manu for the last nine minutes, or was he taken off? I don't, I don't know, but then yeah, Drew Hutchinson got a, got a berth in the halves. They had the starting front row, like, 
Hargreaves was out, so Tedavano started with Verrills at hooker, and Tupanua was on the right edge. Isaac Liu at lock. Not exactly the, the storming. And Orbison and Ryan Hall in the back line. And they were still, they were still yeah. pretty and they in were the game. I mean, I, I, well, I think... they're a really well coached. Yeah. Nat and Cooper Cronk's still there. I think Nat Butch is a great player. Yeah. He's good off the bench again. But yeah, they, they were pretty handy. And that try that Radley set up was sick. Are you saying the Roosters won the Angus Crichton-Nat Butcher trade? By just getting, <laughs> getting both, both of them. <laughs> That's how I win all trades. Yep. But yeah, I thought uh, Radley much better back off the bench. Just mm, I agree. Just, just his role. Much better playing as a, as a forward than he is playing at hooker. His service is, t- is terrible at hooker. I don't know. But uh, Viral's got injured in this game towards the end. He has been named in the 21 this week, but we're interested to see who stays at hooker because I just think there's got to be a way to not play Radley there. I guess. There's got to be. But yeah, um, Penrith, it's a, it's one of those mini revivals that's hard to read into just because of who they've beaten in that period in terms of tr- uh, cattle missing. I mean, last week, you have to beat them, obviously, but last week they beat Manly without uh, DCE, without, and without the Tavojevic's. You know, that's not the biggest win. It's only by three points. And they beat Parramatta before that by six, which was another gritty win. So it's hard to put credit into those wins. But I guess this week, even the Bunnies missing some players, will kind of find where they're sitting this week. Yeah, fair enough. And our last game of the round, Canterbury 12, St. George Illawarra 36. Did you know that Nintendogs, the handheld franchise where you could have a fake dog, was the second highest selling Nintendo uh, series behind New Super Mario Brothers? Like all Nintendo. Oh, uh, no, just on the DS. Oh, the sorry. DS. So to yeah. say, well, is that the most, like, most selling Higher than Pokemon. On the that, DS. For that particular... Nintendogs, eh? Is that yeah. like a new Neopets? Kind of, it was... I don't know. I didn't have it, but like... And I didn't really understand it, because like, why wouldn't you just buy a dog? But, um, yeah, you just like petted and washed and brushed a virtual dog, as far as I know. Those are always those games that you're like, who buys this? And you realize, oh wait, everyone bought this. Yeah, it's, <laughs> it's one of those ones. So yeah, yeah Nintendogs was the second highest selling <laughs> Nintendo DS game after New Super Mario Brothers. Pokemon yeah. Diamond and Pearl all the way down in fifth. There you go. Yeah. Uh, Dragons. Dragons good. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, way too much credit went to Corey Norman and Ben Hunt. And they were great in this game, they were, right? But the forward pack absolutely smashed it up and they laid the platform. Tarek Sims was exceptional, I thought. Uh, Frizzell playing in the middle was quite solid. Blake Laurie, another good game. And I thought Corbin Sims in his limited time off the bench looked great as well in there. So they laid the platform and the, and the halves went with it. I thought this was one of those classic, just a better team smashed the spoons. Clearly Jordan Pereira was the, was holding them back all along. Yeah, like, this, like the Bulldogs had the opportunities, didn't take them. And they're just classic, this is this classic shit team, slogging their guts out, getting no reward for it, and yeah. then they concede easily. And one thing I'm sick of fans, you've got to understand, this happens, happened when the Knights were bad, happened when the Raiders were bad or whatever. It's not the wingers' fault when tries are scored. Like ninety nine percent of the time, it's not their fault they jammed in. Like defense is from middle out, and it, it actually it's not even fans' fault. It, it annoys me because the commentators play the game and they call the game, and they're supposed to be there educating the fans. Explain to them why guys are jamming in. Brandy in this game asked at one point when um, Christian Crichton jammed in. It's like, well, if he didn't, there was like fifteen meters in between him and his next man, and instead of scoring in the corner, the Dragons score you know fifteen meters from the post. You gamble as a winger, you jam in and you hope to cut off the play and if not, you, you challenge the half to beat you and, and Hunt well, beat him. Brandy shouldn't be criticising wingers. He never played the game yeah. on the wing. Yeah, he probably did. <laughs> he probably did, actually. But that doesn't... Yeah. Still. But uh, that's it. Like It's like that's it's the same thing when the Knights were losing a lot. Everyone's getting furious at Aculio Arte and similar. And obviously, yeah. there's some time to make defensive reads, but wingers, most of the time when they jam in and make a bad decision, 99% of the time it was from the middle out. The edges generally fail from the middle out. And it's not, not their fault that the, the team got beat in the middle and then he gets faced with a three-on-one. He's supposed to stand on his wing and watch. Yeah. 
<laughs> well, it's not my fault now. The centre, it's his fault. Like that's just that's not how it works. But yeah, the um, Bulldogs. Wonderful. Wonder, look forward to what good play they drop this week. Well, they sign Del Martini Zolesniak. Like, so that's they, good to play centre. I guess that's playing centre, but it's like oh, that did not work for Penrith. But it's like, didn't he want to leave to go play fullback? Then he signed. Like he was looking at the Tigers, the yeah. Cowboys, in here. And I, I know there's obviously a lot more at play than just oh, go play where it's playing. Full, where we can play fullback, but both two other clubs had fullback spots for him. And he ends up here where these guys are developing meaning and he's playing centre this week. Yeah. Ah, okay. Know. I mean, it's good signing for them. Yeah. I, they, they should be stoked with getting that. Yeah, I agree. Uh, yeah. Big fan of our man Rostog taking a shot at Tony Ayub on Twitter. Yeah. Uh, uh, for those of you who didn't know, and I didn't because I don't pay attention to such things, but was the manager of the Knights' high performance for the last two years and then he's now the Bulldogs' high performance manager and Rostog tweeted, every team Tony Ayub has been at over the past three years has got a wooden spoon. Obviously yeah. has no idea about high performance. Yeah. <laughs> Prob's part of the reason why they are struggling. And uh, t- uh, Rostog, our friend, are retired from injury with uh, Tony Ayub's recovery there. Yeah. But uh, yeah, there's interesting club at the moment with the Bulldogs in terms of like, <laughs> again, they brought back uh, this week the return of Harrow and Ira. He's back. <laughs> He's back. Good. They got all four back rowers in for one week. That'll fix it. And Kieran Foran's one of those guys too, by the way. Like He's getting paid way too much. And I'll steal a, a Harry Ramage line, though. He said that he never cheats you with effort. Yep. And if he was in 4500 k I'd happily have him in my halves kind of thing because that's it. Like Whilst he's not a world beater, it's just this game, he tried right to the end. And I know I'd, I'd knock Nathan Cleary for the same stuff, just being called a trier, but it's a very different scope in terms of one of his playing rep games being called one of the best halves in the game from it. He also, just didn't cheat him with effort. Yeah. Yeah, I agree with that. Yeah, he, he was good, but yeah, Bulldogs start again. Dragons, I mean, a lot was getting put into this win, but let's let's wait till they beat someone who's relevant. The Bulldogs spoon is like, who could take it from at this point? I don't know. No one. Simi Renrandra trying the chip and chase. Oh no, it's Simi Redradra. Redradra's away. Simi Redradra. Oh, this will be interesting. Oh, yes, it will, yes. Semi Rundrundra. Oh, he's absolutely buried it. Rundrundra. Uh, yeah, news time. Uh, let's run you through some injuries. We talked about a few of them already, but um, Tom Burgess uh, has got an ankle thing, apparently. <laughs> an ankle, a floating. Floating something. Yeah. Shout out to Neuro Physio. Yeah. Uh, three weeks apparently he was missing one of those games through suspension or anyway wasn't he if I'm not mistaken or was that George I don't know I can't keep up there's too many of them yeah <laughs> um, Benji Marshall eye injury eye right. uh, yeah as you said <laughs> M- Mahi Fanuo Liz Frank uh, Brady Croft concussed but he's named Patrick Herbert quad but he's training Clint Gutherson has been named yes you go, he got concussed. One of those soft concussions, they call it. Oh, yeah, a light concussion. <laughs> light one. Jeez. Uh, Jaden Braley hurt his knee. What's the news on him? I don't know what the news on him is now. I believe he's been named, so I don't know if he'll play, obviously. No, he hasn't been named. Blake Braley's been named. Yeah. Braley's mixed Just up. Just throw another yeah. Braley in. Yeah. Uh, Jordan McLean, hamstring injury, as we said. We'll Devastating. Miss a couple of weeks and we'll miss Origin. Mitchell Dunn did his shoulder as well. Be out for a little while. Tom Dearden, as you said, ankle, four to six weeks. Syndesmosis, mate. The mm. classic. Scott having surgery. A bad case of syndesmosis, yes. some would say. <laughs> he having surgery tomorrow, I think. So one of those ones. DC played Origin after four or five weeks, but I think it's supposed to be eight. Up to eight. We'll see. Good healer. Yeah, and uh, Alex <laughs> Glenn, uh, MCL. Yeah, apparently only out for the one week, but... Hmm. Uh, 
back after the rep round, but I think one game, let's see if uh, Fafita can try and put a stamp on that jersey. I'm interested. Yep. So, Parramatta's veteran Tim Manor apparently going to the Tigers, but now we don't know. Now I mean, we don't know. I just can't believe there's a clue clubs fighting over Tim Manor. I do love it. <laughs> I do. Well, fighting over for 10 weeks of Tim Manor, sorry. Well, I read that they want him to leave so they can sign Wonga Blake or something. Yeah, how weird uh, is that? Like, the Panthers are like, Clearing out, clearing house, but this is like a team. Like, do you ever like end of last off season? They're like, we've signed all these young players up for like three years. This is our guys, and then in the classic Penrith fashion of being the their guys for the third time in like three years, they're kicking them all out already. Wanga Blake Star has fallen off. There's so much time they put in him to develop him, but yeah, looking at Pen- uh, Parramatta apparently. How about by the way, Josh Maguire put on notice for eye gouge. You think the other like. Multiple eye gouges might be the, the notice. Nah, he's, he's all right. <laughs> he, he, he'd never do it on purpose. The eye for an eye thing. Go. I believe that's the theory. He's got no eye, so he's allowed to dig at an eye. That's good. But not um, a lot. Other news. What? Well, I, I, I think maybe we should talk about Mitchell Pierce. I was about to say, that's the news I had. I just think we need to talk about this. Yeah. Because for whatever reason, and I mean, you can draw your own conclusions, the push is here from basically every media outlet, including my own, to an extent. To get uh-huh. Mitchell Pearce in the team for Origin 2. Well, so, okay. He's playing the best out of any New South halfback right now. We know that. Agreed. But the, the first the first assumption they want to do with him, and the first thing they want to do with him is put him in for Cody Walker. And this is sometimes you look at things. This happened last time Pearce played Origin. And whilst people say the 7 and the 6 are, mo- are mostly the same, sides of the field, all that kind of stuff, they, it's all split now. There's a real big difference to the running game of a 5'8 and a halfback is that Mitch Pierce plays at the line as a first receiver. He goes to the line and feeds his outside men. Like, for example, when, the, when Mason Leno set up Mitch Barnett for that try this week, whilst Leno is in a traditional 5'8, Mitch Pierce played the halfback role there. He's two in, three in of whatever created play, if you get me. Goes to the line and gets base with his outside men. He does that. That's what the halfback does. And then if you do clearing the other side again... He doesn't do that as effectively, but that's what the halfback does as well. You see, what you're gonna have the same type of player playing either you side. You cannot play those two together. You can't. And that's They're what it's essentially gonna be. the same person. It's again, it's- the Mitch Pierce has not got a sixes running game. Compare it to what Cam Munster when he runs the ball, the damage he causes again out wide. Like sometimes know? Pierce will catch them with his, with his deceptively good acceleration and get but, through the line, but he's but he's not Cam Munster. But he's playing first receiver. And he's playing certainly direct. not Cody Walker. He's catching him out playing first receiver. Playing yeah, exactly. That's a halfback's running game. He plays at the line. If Mitchell Pierce's running game was at second receiver, which it almost never has been in his career, it would not be anywhere near as effective. No, it wouldn't be. Like look at his running game and you compare it to a Cam Munster or even Anthony Milford at six or Sean Johnson who's not a six well he's a six now but like he plays he's, he's playing out the back playing out wider running in space Ben Hunt as well ex- exceptional at that that's not Mitch Pierce's running game he's never really stood a player up you know he, whilst he's caught big man napping again that's the job of a first receiver in the middle there's no big man napping at 5'8 and, you know, and I will like, say that if your argument against Maloney is his age and his body and all that stuff he's yes he's they're both on the wrong side of 30. Yeah. Pierce 30, Maloney 32. But Pierce has like 30 more NRL games under his belt as well. So yeah. like his age, in inverted commas, is, is roughly the same as Maloney's, I would argue. And yeah, I don't know how a team could cast James Maloney aside and then return to Mitchell Pierce. That's what I don't understand. Just admit the mistake. If you're going to bring anyone back, admit that mistake. Would anyone Maloney begrudge back. them bringing Maloney back? Probably not. No. I don't think so. But yeah, and if you... Like, I'm sorry, I don't care how good he's playing. There's too many... There's too, there's too much water under the bridge. The bridge is flooded. He can't play six. 
it just cannot do it. Can I could probably get around dropping Pearson, Pearson Maloney like or Pearson, Pearson yeah. Walker. Say like dropping but Cleary for him, I could probably get around my I head behind that. Defend that, but uh, what's the point really? They're largely the same player. Yeah, like and the whole better thing was, oh, we want to keep. Oh, Pierce is definitely playing better, no yeah. question. But in Origin, from what I've seen from both of them, they're largely the same player. If anything, Pierce maybe showed a little bit more, tried a little bit more, mm-hmm. sort of ris- risky business. But uh, I don't. I know. mean, P- Cleary's performance on Wednesday last week was positively Piercean. Yeah, it so was. I don't know what your. I don't know how your solution is to bring back the original Pierce and play uh, both of them together. I have no idea. Uh, it doesn't make sense to me. And yes, none of, neither of us... Like, he's played brilliantly for the Knights mm-hmm. this year. He, as you said, probably on form, especially with Adam Reynolds injured, unquestionably the best, best blue halfback. halfback. Yeah. But it's not always about that. It's not. It's not always about who's the best player. Or BJ Lelua and Jack Croke would have multiple multiple games for New South Wales, but they don't. They don't. And Blake Ferguson does because he fits Origin and he's always Dugan. worked hard in Origin. <laughs> um, Do you know Dugan called daily to check if he was... A, if he was a, in discussions, I didn't know that. <laughs> oh, Dukes. Only Dukes. Yeah, I'll call you Dukes. Yeah, I'll call yeah. yeah. <laughs> but, but yeah, like, and that's the thing. I understand. Like, it was a the dynasty he faced. He did face the dynasty. Tough. A lot of those losses aren't always on him. But it's like he's had people forget he has an opportunity. He had opportunity two years ago again. He gets this all the time. It's like his tenth chance. It's not the same thing as like oh he failed once or twice and he came back. It's not like Justin Hodges' failure or Cherry Evans' failure. Yeah, that was like the once-off failure and then they came back. Pierce has had this. He's had everything. Well, I think we went through this last week. Like he had the time when it, oh, we've got to engage his running game. This is the, this is his return in 2016. His return in tw- no 2015. Sorry, after they won the series in 2014, they dropped Josh Reynolds, whatever, to bring back Pierce at six and engage his running game in air quotes, and he did fucking nothing. And then 2017, they decide, you know what? It's going to be Pierce's team. It's Mitch's team. Let's get a hooker in there. Mitch Nathan Pierce is going to feed Pierce all the ball he wants. Then in game two of that game. Pete's doesn't run the ball, and all of a sudden, after being hailed in game one for feeding Pete early, game two, Nathan Pete's public enemy number one for not feeding. What Pierce. happened in 2018 when Mitch Pierce didn't play? Oh, in 2014? Yeah, I can't put my finger on it. Weird. Yeah, weird. Very strange. But it's just like like they have this thing. It's like the the coverage around Nathan Cleary is very Piercey in, in in game one. Is it was everyone's fault but his. Whilst that game is not only Cleary's fault, it is still Cleary's... Like, the biggest problem in that game was interchange. It was a very rare interchange effects game that much, but it did. That was a big issue. Other guys underperformed, but Cleary was bad in the attacking zone, didn't turn up on fifth tackle or kick well, and when you're not a creative halfback like he isn't, you have to do those things. You have to create... You have to kick well. You have to, on a basic level, kick well. That's it. Didn't do that. But again, after the game, the blame wasn't everyone around him. That was the most Mitch Pierce thing about it. Yep. Oh, he's young. It's everyone it's else's Cody fault. It's Cody Walker's fault. It's Latrell Mitchell's fault. It's the it's the interchange's fault. It was the interchange's fault. Yeah, and Latrell was. and Cody's fault. But it was also Nathan yeah, Cleary's fault, was, who exactly. largely escaped criticism. It's, that's it. it was Nathan Cleary's fault too. And that and that's the thing. Mitch Pierce went through, and how many comebacks have we given that that guy got? Well, hey, anytime you can bring back a guy that's gone 5 and 13 in his 18 origin appearances, you've got to do it. And one of my big problems, with, like, and it's come out against, like, Gus is right. He had a discussion again. He's right on the player Cody Walker is, but he's still blaming him for not feeding the Roosters players, as he called it. But one of my big problems with some of these things, again, like, they pick Cody Walker. He's got a, his career as being this player, player A, you know, a guy who plays direct, plays individual brilliance a lot. You know, he, he's a support player. He's not really a, a, a creative term in terms of playmaker. Feed his outside men with creative passing or, or you know, a cutout pass, double pumps. Like kind of, not got that in his game. He's very good on the ball. So you pick that player, and then you get mad when he's not James Maloney. 
when he's not like playing like Maloney, like kicking more. He's not a high possession five eight. Never was Maloney Walker. But he's not got his hands on the ball. Not kicking more. Not creating for Latrell. Okay, that was what. What's the process there? You the process is wrong. Now this is the situation. You're going to pick Mitch Pearce based on his club form, being a halfback, leading the attack, playing at the line, being the point of attack, and then you're going to pick him at a six and be like, okay, now Mitch, engage your running game. <laughs> what? I, can I just make another point on that? Yeah. Is Cody Walker gets one chance on the back of being the standout player in the NRL yeah. for half the season. It didn't play well. No one's saying no. he did. But then your justification for picking Pierce is he's been the best halfback for five weeks. Yeah. Uh, well, oh, see, Cody Walker's 29, though. You can drop a 29-year-old. You can't drop a 21-year-old. <laughs> and you can recall a 30-year-old. You can. But yeah, it's just like there's so many times that the excuses were made for Pierce. It wasn't him, whatever, whatever. And he might actually be good in game two. His problem has never been being good in the game twos. He's probably been good when they needed it. You know, being good in the, in the, in the finals of series. And he was terrible in, in, in game three, uh, 2017. Obviously, everyone was bad in terrible game three, 2015. But 2017 was the last renaissance before the last renaissance before that in 2015. And then 2013, the Blues probably should have won that series. And he, was, again, was bad in game three. But... Whatever. Oh, and also 2012, game three, also bad. Field goal in it. Queensland won by a field goal. But, you know, if they go back to him, I can get if they go back to him, maybe if they drop Cleary, but I don't know. I don't know why they put him at six. Not my state. I'd love, I'd love, as a Queenslander, you'd love to see him in the six, but you feel sorry for Cody Walker to, if he gets one chance and go on. And then Whiten doesn't get dropped because he feels sorry for him for throwing an intercept. That seems to be the current narrative. <laughs> Would you like to hear from Craig Wing? Here at Con today saying the, okay. three, the three new faces in the okay. Blues. Okay, let me guess them. Okay, I don't think you'll get him. So, obviously, Pierce is one of them. No. Oh, he's not. Okay, no, see? There you go. Campbell Gillard. One. <laughs> okay, Campbell Gillard. Wade Graham, recall? No, no. he's recalled a different back row. Different back row. Yeah. It's not Wade Graham. No. It's but then Frizzell Corner there. Who else has played back row for the Blues in the last couple of years? He wants Tarek Sims in there. Oh, of course. And then, so, who's the third player? Third player one's pretty obvious. Maloney. No. No. Who, we talked about him last week. The third one. No, lost it. Tom Tobojevic. Oh, oh yeah. Well, that, that doesn't count as a recall. Sorry. He's coming but, back, yeah, obviously. But I love this line. The, I actually, the rest of the piece is actually quite well thought out, and I'm a big Craig Wing fan, but I love the sentence, based on round 13 form, it should be Regan Campbell-Gillard. <laughs> one game. Yeah. Get him in one there. one game. I mean, oh, don't start me in RCG. I mean... <laughs> Just love that. When we talk about repeat- <laughs> if you just pick them off their most recent game, well then get Mason Leno in there for someone. Get him in there. Yeah, Give like, it, ca- cap him for the Blues somehow. Okay, so here we go. I, d- I ran some numbers earlier today, and this is since the start of 2018. It's just overall in the competition, and these numbers obviously aren't the whole picture. But okay, he's had 18 100 meter run games. 100 run meter, right. 100 meter games. 18 of them. Yeah. So that's 79th in the in the NRL. Uh, he's cracked 100 meters in 54 percent of his games. That's 119th. In the NRL. Good. And then over that span, he has, he has 3,269 3, run metres. 93rd in the NRL. Double digits. Double digits. digits. And then on other things, like... So, on all those, he's below Ignatius Parsi. But we love Ignatius Parsi. I'm saying, so. but like, known rep, rep oh, right. player. You know, I'm saying like... I'm saying around that area, but there's guys you never hear of. Top five moustache. Top five moustache, yeah. Got to give him that. Yeah. Give him that. yeah, exactly. But then other things, what is he... He's like, oh, I've lost that one. Uh... He's like 200 or something in offloads and tackle breaks. All these random things, but great moustache. Mm. And like, I know, again, those stats are not the full picture. And they're not. Like, you know, offloads and, and, and whatever are not the full picture. But 
if you're not a guy who's a stats guy, you're an impact guy, you know, you would know, for example, when Victor Radley was getting a bit of hype, I understood it because he was always around the ball when moments happened. He put hits on and he made plays like he did on the weekend. Didn't mm. care about his numbers. But yeah. RCG isn't that guy either. He's just not good. Mm. He's no better than like the other con- other contending props. No better than any of them. But whatever. No, I'd agree with that. But um, yeah, let us know what you think. One good game. One good game. Just about everything. Who should be in the halves? I think Everyone. Ray Walker should stay. Not just because let of me, bias, me, but just because I just find no value in calling a guy up for one game and then immediately giving up on him. I just think it's foolish. My God, I gotta, uh, why have I lost this number? It's really annoying me, the number I had. It. Oh, here we go. There we go. So he has 34 tackle breaks in that time. And again, tackle breaks on everything. Games? So oh, he's 37 or 38 games. I remember. 34 tackle breaks. probably had that in one game. And he had... Two, it's 211th in the NRL. In yeah, that's period. bad. Yeah, and then so Haas is thirty-two. Well, and he, not re- I, I guess that's not really your workhorse props job. No, but I'm saying, but he's not. But he's not a workhorse. Yet he's either. not running so enough so, to be a workhorse. So. And then so if he's coming off the back fence, which he's not. So like Payne Haas is thirty-two this season, and he's like eight games, opposed to thirty-eight games for three hundred thirty-four. Yeah, Campbell got's ready for Origin. Yeah, Payne and Haas then is not. sixteen offloads, which is one hundred thirtieth. And uh, David Gower has eighteen in that period, and forty tackle breaks in that period. I like stats; they're fun. But they don't mean everything, obviously. But it's a little kind of. But when you can't find like, a single statistic that puts him anywhere near the top of, of anything in yeah. anything, and then, then you can't cut a, a clip up. Like at least you look at Dylan Napa, you can cut up his clips of like putting smashing people. Yep, no impact there. To and be Nar- fair, Napa did trade off that one game where he murdered the Burgess family for like three years. But that's but also Napa's in a situation. There's no other options really for Queensland, whereas RCG has got. They have got other options for him, but whatever. Oh well, we'll worry about that next week when we do our Origin preview. Are you serious? We're going to have any questions. Okay, question time. The first few come from our good friend Hardix PSN. First question Is Wheat Bix and Honey the Goat or is Wheat Bix and Brown Sugar? It's raw Wheat Bix. Straight out of the yeah. packet, like a man. Dry. <laughs> Shove them down. Um, hot take. Not, wheat Bix are trash. Just eat oats if you want a bland cereal. Well, the, um, so the problem there is that. Wheat Bix and the and is the problem because you, what you're wanting is the you like the honey or the brown sugar. It's like when I was younger, I used to do in winter. I'd get Wheat Bix, put them in a bowl, warm them up, and then cover them in brown sugar. I was eating the hot brown sugar is what I was eating. I was eating yeah. Wheat Bix. I eat like eight or nine bo- eight or nine Wheat Bix in a bowl sometimes when I before playing. Still about Brett Lee, fucking hell. But yeah, I do that like on Saturday before playing footy, and sometimes then I wouldn't put. I, I still enjoyed them, but like they're they're not a top tier cereal. Look, if you're eating. There are, there are cereals you only eat for health-based reasons, of which Wheat Bix are one. Yeah. Just eat oats. They're easy to eat. Yeah. I eat oats every morning. They don't taste good, but they're good for you. The I, end. Yeah. I, oh, mate, do some overnight oats. They're delicious. Yeah. Oh, what? We'll talk about this later. Yeah. yeah right, fine. You just make them in the fridge. Anyway, next question from Huddix, or Huddy, we'll call him. Oh, this is not a question for me. It's probably a question for you, Bungard. Hmm. Twinings, Dilma, Majura, Lipton, etc. What's the best black tea brand? Oh, Twinings, all day. I, I, I buy a hundred pack of Twinings Earl Grey's every month or so. Smash through them at work. I drink on average half a tea per calendar year. Okay. I think, yeah. Would you like some tea before you leave? You've seen would, my tea cupboard. It's, it's it's not that I hate tea. It's that I would rather drink water than tea. Yeah, well, I drink black tea, which is essentially water. Yeah. Same number of calories as water. Yeah, like I'd um, say it's hot leave water to nah, me often. Well, look, when you're when you're an Earl Grey guy, as I am, mm. uh, Twinings is the superior brand. English breakfast, probably also Twinings. I tried so. to force a tea period on myself when I was younger, going through health and whatever. And I did do like green tea for a while; it was okay. And then I, yep. did, and then I finally found like my my ex bought me a um 
a tea two tea that I liked until I so I, many of those until I actually like saw what she was putting in it's like, oh I like sugar and water do I oh, it was like the <laughs> Turkish apple one that's essentially just sugar granules yeah it's yeah, like oh um, just things what a shock did you know there's a whole like subgroup of people that don't realize green tea has caffeine in it really yeah there's like a whole bunch of people it makes me feel so good though yeah and awake yeah <laughs> who knew I did do the um the tea ceremony when I was in China last time and that was pretty good because like. If they do a proper science to it, if you get me, like they, but like for example, for a certain type of tea leaf, they'll like pour hot water in it, bloom it, drain it out, let it like come back to life, then refill it, and only puts different temperatures of water to different teas. It's a whole well, different that thing. Is a, that is a thing here. My kettle does have a green tea setting. It is. Oh, 20, yeah. it is twenty degrees lower. But they have like they were doing different like the jasmine tea, like the jasmine the jasmine ones. They really opened it up. Yeah, get me. Yeah, right? yeah. That was very interesting. They use rather than using like how we use like crushed stuff or whatever or yeah, small yeah. leaves. They actually use like the full flower kind of with the leaves attached or whatever. If you want some before you go, I got a couple I don't. like that. It was okay, it was it was more of an experiencing than an enjoyment thing, that, like of taste. What did I put it like a silk? robe on before we put one of the many sports cups okay good good. Uh, Hattie's next question I think it's his last one does structure refer to the process from tackle one and the set through to completion but also structure in regards to backline shapes that are happening in the same set the word structure gets used a lot and I want clarification plus examples I mean structure it, it gets used often because it applies a lot and it does refer to everything kind of thing but if you talk about a structured team, for example, if you're talking about the Roosters, even though they, even though they play well, people kind of sometimes get stuck on calling a structured team a bad team. Like when the Eels are overly structured, the Bulldogs are overly structured. But the Roosters are a very structured team, and that is their process is they work to a certain point in the field, and you'll see Hubert doing this, and then they'll run a, they'll run their shapes. But what a good structured team has out of their certain shapes is they they have their four or five moves from each shape, and that's why the Roosters look good when they do them. They run slick plays. And they play the best one that the defense gives them, kind of thing. That's why they look good in it. It can refer to that, but often it gets you. It, it, they'll refer to a shape as a structure. Yeah. And, but generally, people refer to structure as a boring team. Every team at some point has a structure. Generally, they have the, their goal of like, okay, in our own forty, you can't offload. It's one out hit ups or two out hit ups until we cross the forty. When we're in the middle of the field, it's it, this or that. When we get, you know, again. Kicking on, bombing on fifth tackle is part of your structures. Everything's part of your structures, but yeah, it's a broad term and it means many things. Uh, Pat Lawrence, twenty six. Are Penrith, Parramatta, and the Tigers in a transfer love triangle? Where rubbish players are going to be shuffled between all of them for eternity. They're like three Titanics that just shuffle deck chairs from one to the other while they're all crashing towards the same iceberg <laughs> of shitness. And occasionally the Bulldogs join in. Sometimes they dump. They dump. No, Moses. The Bulldogs are like the floating door that Rose survives on. Yeah, they threw Moses and Buy off, and they had picked up DWZ in the way. But generally, they float around yeah. <laughs> the outside. Harry Ramage, how's Bungard traveling after the streak ended? It's fine, mate. I'll be all right. It's fine. I've yeah. Lost games before. Yeah. We'll lose them again. Yeah. Uh, LV. Oh five. It would seem the Rabbitohs have remembered how to lose. Wow. Thoughts on Sim- Fitzgibbons getting Simon for getting headbutted? Oh, it shouldn't have been. Ridiculous. I, I agree he shouldn't have been. He was... And his next question says, does there always have to be... I was gonna, a, oh, there you go. An even number I'd, of players from both teams. I was about to say maybe. that. I was about to say, yeah. I just feel like sometimes the refs want to send off an even number of guys from both teams, even when it's not warranted, which was the case here. It was. It happened sometimes back in Origin Stinks too. Like, sometimes the guy who got punt, punched got simbined as well. Yeah, he, like, did, he did nothing wrong and shouldn't have been simbined. Congratulations yeah. on your win. Yeah, he happened what well, he happened with the other guy that Sam Burgess was yelling at. <laughs> Uh, Ryan Oak when is Bunga returning to Twitter asking for a friend who misses him aw thanks buddy uh, maybe you never know uh, one day but not today 
Okay. Uh, Huddy says, how many coffees do you guys drink each day? Well, I used to get... So, my routine now that I do 9 to 5, I walk from St. James to our work in Piermont, and I would pass the 7-Eleven and occasionally get $1 coffee with a $1 cookie. Because what kind of deal is that, Mitchell? Like, $2. That's a great deal. But... That 7-Eleven is closing permanently tomorrow. That's devastating. It's on the tram. It's on the tr- where the tram runs through. I think that's why. So, mm-hmm. it's a big L for me. Yeah. So that's going to affect my coffee intake because at t- at at um at work there's a coffee machine, but it's pretty bad. And there's a cafe, but I'm not going to pay four dollars for coffee that's barely above pretty bad. So I mostly drink tea at work. So that's going to affect my coffee consumption a fair bit. I would say probably. Uh, I, I, if I if I'm feeling fancy, I might get a cold brew from Starbucks like twice a week as mm-hmm. well because I really enjoy that. So probably anywhere between like three to six coffees a week, but a lot more tea. Probably like ten to fifteen teas a week. I could go a week without drinking coffee, easy. Oh yeah, yeah, easy. Same. I'm not I'm not relying. I'm also like I'm, I like coffee, but I'm one of those people I understand where it sits. I don't think it's people overrate it when like oh this is the best coffee. Oh, That's I can't do coffee. anything until I have my morning coffee. Fuck off. It's like. No, until you have your morning caffeine addiction. <laughs> you have, but I, I do enjoy a two dollar iced coffee at Seven Eleven. They're good. They're See, good. I and now I can no longer partake. Mitchell, it's a disaster. Yeah. So they're quite good because again, I don't want to pay four dollars for a cup. But generally, because I'm in the Sydney Central, there's comp- competition for coffees. But most of my coffees are, in, are consumed in walking meetings. I could go without them, but I would say average, probably half a day over a week. I drink a coffee yeah. a day. Yeah. That'd be it. But, I actually enjoy coffee more. I don't like the daily grind coffee. I enjoy coffee more when I go out for breakfast or something and get a huge coffee and savor it. Yep. I'm not a daily grind coffee man. Uh, Simo underscore 393. If you find a new hobby you think might you might like, should you just spend 4K on it to start out? What did he buy? I don't know. Did he buy a dune buggy? I don't know. They, they 4K Did he buy anymore? a jet ski? He hasn't responded, but he needs gear. So, is he now scuba a, diving or something? Is he... Has he taken up like prospecting? Maybe buying mining equipment. Well, he is in Rockhampton. Yeah. No, four K is too much. You can't. I. I don't do that to try something out. That's how you end up. Those people you hear about who have like a million things in their garage. They tried once. Yeah. You have to try it. Yeah. Or it's not hard to rent things. Certain. I don't know what the hell we use. I don't know how much bikes cost, but I assume really expensive ones might cost that much. Yeah, but you wouldn't go out and buy a four thousand dollar bike if you were just taking up cycling. That's something you might treat yourself yeah. with if you, if you yeah. um, like do it for like two years. It's well, like if you're taking up it, drugs, you wouldn't just do heroin. No, you would. You would work. But for example, hair. like when I started running again, I just used the sneakers I always have. But yeah. then since I start doing it like three, four times a week, running half marathons and whatnot, then yes, I bought expensive running shoes. Yeah, but I, I'm a massive tight ass with big purchases, so I do like way too much research and everything like that too. So I wouldn't yeah. just spend four k. I'd have to like. I'd have to know I like it. Yeah, I don't remember ever spending four thousand dollars on anything on a, on a hobby. I've what I spent four grand. A car has all I spent on over that. Mm. You know, also, we're inside your house. Such yeah. a thing. And Simo again. How honestly? How easy would it be to fight a one point six meter freshwater croc? Could either of you throw one over a fence? <laughs> how violent are they? I, I don't know. Freshwater crocs aren't the the crazy ones. eh? salt water the ones that are nuts. I don't know. Um. Get Bob Catter on the line. Well, it's smaller than me, so I already I like my chances. One point six meters. Yeah, but is that the is That's that really the issue? Good one. <laughs> I knew that was coming. Um, is, is that is that really the issue though? Like snakes aren't one point six meters long. Most yeah, of the but time. they're still a, an a issue. crocodile's poisonous. <laughs> no, they've got giant teeth. And I feel like the, it's not like a snake is like quick. 
and its head moves a lot and it can make a move at me. Crocodiles are very quick. I'm not swimming with one. They're, they've... I don't know. I feel, I feel like their, their head doesn't rotate enough for my fear like a snake. A snake could bite me from anywhere. If I get behind a croc, I'm feeling okay. Grab its tail and swing it around like Mario yeah. grabs Bowser in well, Mario they, look, What's the average height and weight of a crocodile then? He says 1.6 metre. Let me find the average weight. God damn it. This I, is this is this good. question is, is, is it's we've got time. Yeah. God, why does Google not have the average weight? I don't I don't know. Can we kill one? Okay, well Dan, the freshwater hook doesn't tap humans a potential prey. It can oh, deliver well, a nasty then, bite. Then we're home. Then we did, we got this. Okay, fine. There'd be no known human fatalities from this species. Oh well then yes, you could throw the thing. But why would you? They sound they sound so friendly. Well I'm gonna start the fight. Don't do it. Look, don't throw a crocodile. I'm not going to. Okay, they can um Oh, the male one gets is is can grow to two and a half to three meters. Yeah, but the uh, the females are like forty kilos, and the men get up to like seventy to hundred. Oh, I'll take down a seventy kilo fucking Mate, crocodile, th- three meter crocodile. He'll have you calling him daddy. So seven seven kilo seventy kilos though. The old the old Kevin Durant Slim Reaper rolling Jeez. around. I'll take him down. But after you started winning, the crocodile just switch teams then and just go on, <laughs> be on your side. <laughs> Butty Triple Eight. Is Dean Pay an idiot or are you blinded by Supercoach points when thinking <laughs> Reese Martin is good? No, I I don't think we're blinded by... He He dropped Harrow and Ira too, who was playing well. And I understand there is obviously nuances in players' games that we can't always see when you're just watching highlights or similar. Or you're just paying attention to some attacking output, whatever. But, you know, there's obviously behind-the-scenes stuff too with some of these guys. But I just... I don't get it. They, play, they perform when they play. Reese Martin always seems to perform. So does Harrow and Ira. Harrow and Ira look great for them. I don't know. Yeah. They're both good players. That's it. And then his next question is, are the Tigers the Dallas Mavericks or are they worse than that? You're worse than that. Way worse. I don't get the... Where were Mrs. Mavericks Mavericks reference? Are they bad? They weren't bad. The, the, the Mavs have Luka Doncic. Yeah, and then they also like won a championship. Luke Brooks is not as good as Luka Doncic. I know, the, I know the Tigers won a championship in 2005, but like, the Mavs have one of the best young Actually, players. Actually, that's a good comparison though. They were both massive fluke championships. They were. So... But yeah, and the Mavs were a serious contender for longer then, though. And True, but they had, again, the, they had Dirk just retired. They had the MVP, like at one point. Bendy was close to the MVP yeah. of rugby league in, around that time. He was. Uh, I don't know. Nah, it's not the worst think, comparison, but if you mean right now, then no, because Luka Doncic is so much better than any young player yeah. the Tigers have. And Messi's got Ozil says, "What was the life like before John Bateman?" He simply can't remember. You don't want to remember. Well, I enjoyed it because my team had the most fun English forward. I don't. What a weird closing, like sliding doors moment throughout too, by the way. Ricky Shute went to England because like everyone at NRL said no. Tedesco backflipped and he's like, well, screw it. I'm just going to go get people from England. I think they'd rather have Tedesco. So I know, but I was saying the recruitment they've led to from that is like, he calls his mate CSOL up, CSOL that comes and then they just all bring their mates. It's like Sydney FC when they get one good foreigner and now we've got like Mil Slingovic and whatever. It's like the the every year the Raiders are like who's oh mate, look who's going go good back home get him in Ricky they're bringing the next best English player over it's great good on him and no one else has caught on to it somehow it's like how the Storm seem to get the best player from Queensland Cup every year and no one else has picked up on it it's mm. like we should keep letting this, the Rooster sorry the Raiders get all the good ones and then we'll get Ryan Hall <laughs> yes yeah. uh, Matty McP25 after the success of the Coach Whisperer has Bunga considered himself hiring no considered hiring a Hair Whisperer well. <laughs> I mean, I'm not sure why Nick would need to. That would be like Bill Belichick hiring a coach whisperer. It just seems c- kind of pointless. As, as a as a Hall of Fame hair man, is what you're saying, is it? It is exactly what I'm saying. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Bunker 
bunch of people like global warming or Gamut Shibasaki, which is doing more to ruin the pearl industry. <laughs> Shiba. <laughs> uh, good. Hardex PSN. Dead, Deadwood or The Wire, the best show of all time. Why I actually have not seen Deadwood. I've been meaning to watch it for a very long time, but it would have to be brilliant to be better than The Wire. Sensational show, Deadwood. I, okay. I actually was just considering re-watching Deadwood. Oh, I'll defer to you so, then. But I think Breaking Bad is better than both of them. I think Breaking Bad had a more satisfying conclusion than The Wire, which and is perhaps why I would just put it over the top. But and that's why he said, to me the two best dramas. And he ever. said, "Why is it not Game of Thrones?" Well, Game of Thrones was to me was if never on their level. Oh, I think if it had ended better, I don't know the fir- the first six seasons of Game of Thrones are so good. They are the reason why I enjoyed Game of Thrones the level I did though for those seasons because it was a show that everyone was watching. If you mm, get me, that's true. I wonder if we're going to have that again. It seems like that was the last show that that's going to happen with. Yeah, now, we'll have those now in like the Netflix age where like weekly TV isn't really a thing. You care about like twelve? What was that thing again? The twelve reasons or whatever? For, like a week people. Twelve care reasons, about right? Yeah, but that was yeah. also a Netflix show. Same, but that's so they... I watched it, but had to avoid spoilers because that's what like, we're going to. Yeah, yeah. The, yeah, the yeah. weekly what like, look out for this episode. It's going to drop whatever things going away. But like, I Game of Thrones, I enjoyed it a lot because of it was everyone was into it. But yeah, and it was think... like it was cool. Every Tuesday you talked to everyone about it. Everyone was hyped. Like. Yeah, I don't know. We but probably won't me, get that again. For me, Breaking Bad, Deadwood, and The Wire were always better shows than it. Just I enjoyed them more. And well, I need to watch Deadwood. But but potentially, that's why they had less broad, broad appeal uh, anyway. I me. also think The Wire has flown under the radar a little bit. Like Most of our friends have not watched The Wire, and that's concerning. Well, that's the thing. It's like, like HBO has been big forever in America, and I've been exposed to HBO when I was younger because I've got an American step, stepmother. So yeah. I've always liked HBO stuff, and that was kind of before Big Sex and City here. guy, Mitchell. Oh, oh, yeah, I love it. He's such a Samantha. Um, that's the redhead? I don't know. Okay, we'll just guess that. I think, uh, that, I think that one's Miranda. This is the blonde one, Samantha. Samantha's Kim Cattrall. I don't know who that is. She's the actress. Not yeah, Sarah, I know, I guess the, the blonde one that's not Sarah Jessica Parker. I know Mr. Big. <laughs> one's called Charlotte. I only know that because that's my wife's name. Charlotte's the brunette. She's I know the that brunette one. brunette one. I know that yeah. one. And then the we main one's Carrie. Horseface. Carrie Underwood. They call her Jared Maxwell, I believe. It's not Carrie Underwood. It's Carrie something. Jesus Christ. Carrie Bigmore? Yeah, that'll do. <laughs> Carrie Fisher. That's who it is. Nailed is it? it? No. No. Seriously, Jessica not. Parker. <laughs> yeah, I don't know Carrie's last name in Sex and City. I don't um, think it's particularly important. Anyway. Also, uh, The Sopranos has been left out of this chat, which I think is a bit harsh. But I left it out because of the terrible finale. Good point. That is also up there. Is there a worse take than the people who want to seem smart by saying The Sopranos ending was brilliant? It's like anyone who tries to like. It's, it's like, like I mean, oh, I love the ending. It's no, you didn't. No one did. Shut up. It's like the people overanalyze anything. It's like when you're in English when you're younger and like the teacher, you, you English yeah, teacher's going yeah, about totally. The curtains are red because the teacher, the author was saying, oh, it's for love and lust and blah no, blah no, blah. And wasn't. they asked the author why were the curtains red? They were just red. They were just red. I like red. Well, it's like how there's always people that gravitate towards the worst episode of a TV show. There's people who think the Fly episode of Breaking Bad is like, oh, it's brilliant. It's the most brilliant episode it's an ever. analysis it's of their like, relationship. N- no, it was boring. I, it was one of the worst episodes. It's one of the things, like Stanley Kubrick's one of the best directors of all time, if not the best. And he talks about how like there's nowhere near as many metaphors, intentional in, in what he does and what people think. Like He's like, the end of 2001, I did it because I thought it was cool. Yeah. And it's metaphors can be there unintentionally, and you can take them from. It. For example, the King Kong movie when he made that again wasn't made to be a metaphor on the black slave trade. That's how Quentin Tarantino takes it, and he's said that in interviews too. But 
it wasn't intended that way. Something's to be taken that way. It's fine. But you often you get that. You said what you're saying with Sopranos. People overanalyze things to try and find reasons why they're good. Yep. It can just be bad. It's like when Game of Thrones is going bad, these people are like, oh, but what if they're doing X, Y, Z, whatever, whatever. No, they're not. It's just Oh, bad. the white horse symbolized it. It no, didn't it mean anything. Just a horse. And it disappeared. Don't know why it was there. That's Did it. you know that Animal Farm was a metaphor for communism? Yeah. Yeah. There you go. Think about that. It's like, what I hear Stanley Kubrick say, that's what he compared. He said, sometimes when I make films, I just do stuff. It's like, he said, when, when a good artist makes music, intuitively just make good music. Sometimes I just make film and it's like, I didn't mean anything by it and it just turned out that way and you think it means something. And that's what talented people do sometimes. Just, well, everything means something. So just shut up and eat popcorn is what we're saying. Yeah. And take your own meanings, it's fine. But yeah. When something's bad like Sopranos, you're trying too hard to find the best meaning. Anyway, uh, Butsy, why do news outlets go to Ben Elias and the like rather than people with smart, informed analysis? The empty headlines can't be worth that much, can Well, they? it's the same yes. reason why Sunrise interviews Pauline Hansen instead of Richard Di Natale five times a week. It's because more people will tune in to watch what like some lunatic says than someone who's just going to say like, hey, yeah, global warming's bad. Maybe we should do something. Politici- pol- like, uh, political analysis is on, on Sunrise. No one watches it when there's the people no, analysis. But when there. Pauline's on talking about garbage, people tune in. It's yeah. the same with... Like, sport- uh, Stephen A. Smith doesn't have a job because he's got any idea what he's talking about. He has a job because he's hilarious. Yeah, And he is hilarious. He is. He's ma- oh, mate, I'm back on Stephen A. Oh, we're so back. Yeah. Love like, Stephen Once he's got away from uh, old mate Skip... Yeah. And he just he know, but he leans into it now like he knows he's ridiculous. the booty story he told. Yeah. He's like, let me finish. It was one of the funniest <laughs> things I've ever seen in my life. I mean, on baby Steve Smith too. By the way, Ste- that was a baby guy. Stephen A. Smith is possibly the funniest thing the internet's ever come up with. But him talking about like New York Knicks is always funny. Any, yeah. Anyway, Miss Jones question for late. Can we get an episode with both Campo and Harry Ramage as special guests? It could go for about seven. Have we days. done that before? Not both of them. Okay. Know. We have once contemplated doing like an off-season episode. We just like sit down on a Saturday, get drunk and talk footy. But that might be like a week-long marathon. If it was yeah, but we can cut it up into pieces. We can. Shana 86, do you think this crop of rookies Penrith have brought up are <laughs> finally going to be the ones that I, win something? I do love him in that he's just like so much more in on the joke than every other Penrith fan yeah. when it comes to this nonsense. No, don't take themselves too seriously. Or should they cut them off the, and try the next lot? It's definitely the next ones. Mate, I guess I feel like you know. I was, I was watching under eighteen origins Just highlights. Kick the can down the road a bit more yeah. further. <laughs> uh, Frankie has sent in some news. Okay. Um, Dane, go away, guy. In full effect. So, news is frustrated. Gang of guys set to quit Rabbitohs. Don't know if it's true or not. Article says going to the Titans. That would be the most Titan signing ever. It would, wouldn't it? He would have a great time. Just not trying, under no scrutiny at all, because no one cares what the Titans yeah, do. No. Oh, apparently, like two weeks ago, when me and Harry were talking about the Titans, we said they beat the Bulldogs. Yeah. And then someone got in touch with us and like, guys, the Bulldogs won that game. And we were like, during yeah. the week, I mean, Harry was like, oh yeah, I guess they did. Because we, we the who let the dogs out that episode. Yeah, <laughs> we, got these. we just don't care about the Titans or anything they do. And that yeah. would be perfect for Dan Gagai because he'd go up there, phone it in, play well for Queensland three times a year. Yeah. And then paid. probably get a really fat contract from someone else. Yeah, one later. And then uh, keep up the streak of more origin tries than club tries. Oh, definitely, if he goes up there. They don't score tries. How about Tyron Peachy apparently going back to Penrith? That's another thing, Titans again. we All these signings we call bad on here, but I saw some people so happy, so pressed when they sign Peachy, boy, whatever, whatever. Anytime you can sign a guy who literally says, I do not want to come, you yes, should do it. And you force him to come, and then you're surprised, shit, he doesn't want to be here. And then, like, again, Shannon Boyd, when you. Other people don't know, but I blew up when they signed him because I knew they had Mo Fodawaker and whatever, but. You know you have those guys. Why did you sign Shannon Boyd? Who already says he hates living on the Gold Coast. Like He said that publicly. He doesn't like the beach. He's like, okay. On a lot of money too. Yeah, they Getting paid before he moves out to the farm, mate. God, they make yeah. some stupid signings. They're they? the same. They're, it's pretty funny. They were the best club they've ever been when they had that pube in the NRL owned them and then I didn't really... Like, 
that's when they were almost successful and they're back to what they were. Dana has got anger. How would Andrew Fafita go dealing with a Chernobyl situation? I don't know. I can't imagine a worse person to be in charge <laughs> of, of a nuclear crisis. How about the thing you sent me today? Instagram thoughts, taking advantage of it oh, and getting naked at Chernobyl. thing. There was a woman, I, go and find the internet if you really want to, but there's a woman in like a radiation suit, like half pulled off, posing in lingerie at the front of like some nuclear site. It's just like, what the... F- it's not as tasteless as like people taking photos at Auschwitz, but it's like 90% there. But also half nude, it's great. Yeah. Also, the fact that there's like a shitload of people who didn't know about Chernobyl until this TV show came out is very worrying. My sister didn't know uh, that what the Hindenburg was. The best example of... That's bad. The best example I can think of this is like, like young girls on the internet when that... I don't know the name of the song, but it's that song that goes like Havana Unana. Over and over again. It's like on the radio is. all the time. It's terrible. But um, I hear it whenever I'm like not at home. But they're like, oh, I didn't realize Havana was a real place. I thought it was just a song. Yeah. Yeah. What um, a pina coladas anyway. I mean, hey. They made that up to rhyme it. But, put uh, some respect on Rupert Holmes. The Hindenburg thing though, my sister was... By the way, there's another one. I mean, this was mentioned in It's Always Sunny, but everyone just assumes that Jimmy Buffett wrote that song. But Rupert yeah. Holmes did. Sorry, yeah. back to your sister. So if anyone ever out there meets my sister, just... Tell her you're a Hindenburg survivor. Because no, nothing big, but the, the the joke is she's asked, like, how did you survive the Hindenburg? And it was like, well, because they crashed and they didn't die. She's like, oh, but what if you had a ticket and didn't go? Are you a Hindenburg survivor? It's like, well, no. It's um, like saying I'm a 9-11 survivor, you idiot. <laughs> so anyway, uh, it triggers her any time you call anyone a Hindenburg survivor. I'll remember that if I ever meet <laughs> it. By the way, that song is called Havana and it has 1.5 billion views on YouTube. Billion? Billion. Is it? Oh, wow. There you go. It's one of those really annoying songs that's always on if you go to like a coffee shop or something. Oh, so definitely if I heard it... You've heard it, it, 100% like, heard it. Yeah, you but, say it, we don't yeah. know it. Um, Daniel just got anger. With the recent Goldberg versus... Oh, yeah, by the way, people thought... Yeah, you know, people didn't think that was a real thing. That was bizarre. Thought it was like a made-up TV show, Chernobyl. Like, how do you... Oh, yeah. It, how do you like sit in history class? I know, like, I get I get it. I get you don't care if I'm able to be like... The thing like the words Hindenburg, you must have heard them 6,000 times. Surely you heard the word Chernobyl at some point. Yeah. I don't know. Whatever. I would love to be you're like how do, do I get in a headspace where I can tune that much out of my entire life to ignore that it's worrying it's, really it's, it's like we joke a lot but fuck that's scary oh, yeah, like, these people vote and they have power and they got the internet and they don't vaccinate their kids yeah. uh, oh Bryce Cartwright has the flu yeah that was great <laughs> <laughs> so bad he couldn't play and anyway Danger Angle's back with the recent Goldberg vs Undertaker wrestling match okay how important are legacies of future employment opportunities versus a lump sum to serving a final contract? Interesting that this comes up because, all right, first of all, I didn't watch that because I'm pretty out on WWE so wait, at the moment. They're back. So no, I'll, 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 I'm getting there. Okay. So WWE has this contract with Saudi Arabia where they do like two or three shows a year now. I think it's two, maybe less, maybe one a year in Saudi Arabia getting some ungodly sum of money despite their female performers not being able to go, despite Sami Zayn not being able to go because he's got Palestinian or Syrian heritage, I think, mm-hmm. despite several other m- big superstars like Kevin Owens, Daniel Bryan, refusing to go on moral grounds. John Cena also refused to go on moral grounds. Um, they're doing shows every year, so they're getting a fuckload of money from this. But obviously, those crowds are not as... like They're, they're obviously care way more about like the legacy like guys from the past than like the current guys mm-hmm. to that extent the first show they did in Saudi Arabia of this 10 year contract was last year they brought Hulk Hogan back for it this is after the N-word fiasco are these, ga- are these matches on TV? they're on the network they're on like a oh, pay-per-view okay. on the network but like I didn't watch any of this because I don't want to support it and yeah. I'm probably going to cancel my network subscription soon anyway because just, this just makes me sick but they brought back Undertaker hasn't wrestled he's wrestled he 
he wrestled actually wrestled in Australia at the Super Showdown thing for like a two minutes. I think yeah. did I imagine that? No, he was there. I don't know. Um, he comes back for like once a year and wrestles for two minutes, and it's really sad. Mm. But like you would think, right? If you knowing even you, like, you know that much about wrestling, you know a little bit, right? If you had like a really old guy that can barely go in the in the ring anymore, what is the best thing you could do to make that match look good if you needed to put him up against someone? Not do the same. Don't put him put up it, against a young guy who's really good. Yeah, don't put him up good against match, like wrestle a guy who could wrestle a broomstick to a three star match, basically. But not Goldberg, who also was like no. an old guy who can't so move around. This match, and I didn't watch it, but I saw the highlights on the internet of like both of them at different points. One of one each being dropped on their heads during botched spots. Like Undertaker tries to do a tombstone Goldberg and drops him on his head, and uh, Goldberg tries to pick Undertaker up to do a jackhammer and drops him on his head, and then the match ends with a choke slam. Undertaker's never won a match by a choke slam, not a, just not a, like not through a table, nothing, just a regular choke slam because Goldberg had a concussion and it was just an, from the thirty seconds I saw and from everything I read about it, it was an absolute mess. Five years ago, mm-hmm. someone asked on Twitter which athlete that's still going around now would it be impossible to explain to people who are new to the sport this guy is amazing. Mm-hmm. You could kind of do it with Eli Manning now in... Although he was, was he ever really amazing? No. I'm sure it was a better example. But like Dirk in his last year, maybe. Or year or two. Yeah. I said The Undertaker at the time. Because, you know, it's athletic. At the end of the day, you can consider a sport in the context of this. He has been covered, all that shit, blah, blah, blah. And he just needs to retire. Well, I didn't know he was back again. And so those guys are both in their 50s. And I, I was a wrestling fan when I was younger. And Bill Goldberg was always far more the theatre than the wrestler. It was about like, it was always about finishing matches quickly. Yeah. The, the so winning Goldberg, streak. Goldberg came back for three matches last year before WrestleMania. He came back. He, he yeah, came back because his daughter or some shit never saw him wrestle. Something like that. Yeah, we cool. And he actually wasn't bad. Like he came back, he beat Brock Lesnar in forty seconds that's to it, win that's the title. What, that's what Goldberg, which is. was cool. And then at WrestleMania, oh, so he beat Kevin Owens in forty seconds to win the title. Yeah. And then. At WrestleMania, Goldberg beat him in... Uh, Brock Lesnar beat him in three minutes. And then he retired again. But that's like... Perfectly reasonable arc to have. Came out. Jack had Jack hammered some people. Said who's next. Enjoyable for all. But that was his whole career was like that though. Basically, he, yes. Fast finishes. And it was always about being... He's so much better than the rest of us. All the games but were... But God almighty. But this did not need to happen. Well, no, they can't. And, and under, yeah. what's at what cost... And Undertaker used to be an extremely athletic big man. I haven't watched him now, but uh, I don't Mate, think he's it's, ju- it's, doing, doing any lariats it's, anymore. It's bad. It's real <laughs> bad. And to answer the original question of what can people do to protect their legacy, the only answer is retire, right? That's really pretty much it. And I think we've already seen with wrestlers that none of them can do it, retire. Yep. Such as in the movie The Wrestler. Yeah. Mickey Rock. But I, I don't know. I think it's, it's, different. it's a bit different though. I think like if I played rugby league, for example, and it was a sport you could play to your 50... If you've been playing for 30 years, it's really hard to move on. Yeah, it's sure. really hard. Wrestling, there's ne- when you go into other sports, there's a real there's a cap on your well, career. Ric you Flair's know. never really moved on, has he? No, it's like, it, but a lot of them don't. A lot of these guys retire and think it's time to go and they leave and it's like... It's also very rigorous. They've been working like every week for their entire life. Yeah. Kind of thing. It's not like, again, rugby league's a season, you do this. WWE, they have house shows, they have pay-per-views, they have the actual Some shows. Some of these guys wrestle 250 times a year. Yeah, they do. Yeah. Like, and that, so you go from that to, oh, I've just got to sit at home. It'd be weird. It would be. It, yeah, so I get but, why they can't let go. But but the thing about Undertaker is he's been wrestling like once or twice a year maximum for like five years. Yeah. He's not on these house shows, so I don't yeah. know. Yeah, and I he's don't not, know. And he never really was. Again, Ric Flair, if he wasn't wrestling, he was always involved. Like Taker was never. Taker was never yeah. there. Taker's not a manager. Yeah, he just I don't know. I feel bad. Yeah, it sucks. Uh, next question from Danger. He says, "Is the brick with eyes Glenn Lazarus right in saying future Australian five eight Curtis Sirian is an origin bolter?" No. Did that happen? Well, but no. 
I mean, I know he's not playing anymore, but get him, get him, get him in the HIA. Yeah. Just ch- check, check, check Lazarus for a concussion. Probably should have checked that when he joined Palmy United, but we'll check it again. I guess so. West Life Podcast. Can you rank the NRL clubs by who's in a situation moving forward, or at least the top five? Okay. And would you say it's time for us Tigers fans to crack each other's heads open and feast on yes, the good side? Yes, I would, Kent. But also, worst five? Worst five, yes. Okay, so the Titans are first. Yes. The Bulldogs are second. The Bulldogs are almost out of their their problems. They've got another year or two in cap hell still, I think. But, but yeah, they're like, but they're almost out of that, and they can work turn a around. A year or uh, two years is still quite a long time in rugby league. So those, I think, one and two is pretty settled on those two. I'd say Penrith a third, to be honest. I might say the Eels are third, even though they're wow. in eight right now. Okay. Because I hate the signings that like all yeah. that sign up. I, I get, they're, I actually, they're locked into Moses and Jennings for another year. I like a lot of those guys in a vacuum, but once you add it up, so you end up with a team that Will Smith's you like next drop or two yep. often. I think if you like the Warriors could turn this around next year, they could. Yeah. I mean, th- they might be all right. I think I don't think there's um, a five because five is a third of the competition. Yep, pretty much. Because you can't say the Cowboys because they have Hamilton. M- pretty much, you can't say that. <laughs> That's pretty much it. It could be West. I guess it could, could be. be. So Tigers, Bulldogs, Eels for me. They're used to Panthers. And then um, yeah, Penrith. I think that's maybe the Tigers. Top four. Maybe Tigers are fifth. Yeah, yeah. It's because, but they're getting out of all those bad deals as well. The Pan- and Tigers are. Well, they're trying to get out of them by, and they Reynolds are trying to get rid of it for next year as mm. well. But yeah. yeah, we're at the time of year now. It's um, start doing the re-signings and the, the player movement starting to turn up. We'll start to see the clubs who make the bad decisions in the next few weeks. Who are who are the ones who are in trouble? Uh, next question: Manny P twenty five. How good's rugby league? Or mate, you only beat the Bulldogs. <laughs> Not just running parade, but yeah. I'm glad you enjoyed it. Warwick Ahern says, with the Premier Lacrosse League getting a start in the States last weekend, what obscure sport would you like to see in Australia get its own league? Sorry, what was that? With the Premier Lacrosse League getting a start in the States last weekend, what obscure sport would you like to see in Australia get its own league? Oh. Dale's response from all the way overseas responded, Rugby Union. (laughs) (laughs) Got him. That's a perfect answer. Missed out of the Best sporting achievement from your non-preferred sport. I.e. got two out of three bowling off spin lollipops and five out in a primary school match. Oh, so your own sporting achievement with number preferred sport. Yep. Uh, I got a hat-trick in cricket once. It was the only time I bowled in the entire year. There you go. I have not really got many because like, I was so rugby-focused. Pl- oh, actually, no, I scored a full-field goal in soccer once. Like That's pretty good. That was like in my first year playing for the third 11 at high school after I dropped out of playing the rugby side. Anyway, I um, was at left back. And did like two one twos, and then when I got to the keeper, I'd never been in one on one in a game. I used to have a really strong left boot on myself. I thought I was trying on a racer. So my situation was hit as hard as, as fucking Margaret. See what happens, and he moved. The keeper moved. <laughs> Smart on his that part. Was yeah, that was yeah. Well, like most of my achievements are always in league and union. Like, so my number preferred sport. Like, nah. I'm terrible at basketball. I enjoy it. I'm much better at like two on two with people who don't play basketball than playing with actual basketball players. And cricket. I scored, I think my high school was 31 not out, but like my other scores were all like seven or eight. It's not good from you. No, I only played one year of it. Mm. But yeah, no. You I got a hat trick, mate. Yeah. Were they, all, were, they, were they on the boundary or something? Or like- no, no, no. So, I mean, I never bowled. I was a batsman. Yeah. And um, we were playing the shittest team in the, in the, mm. in the comp my first year in seniors. Um, I, got, I ended up with five for six. I actually got two other wickets before this. And then it was, like, it was the last over of the day. We needed four wickets to get an outright win. So, yeah. And uh, so fourth last ball of the day, caught it first slip. Third last ball of the day, ball it's swinging Yorker. The guy tries to like sweep it for, for six, clean bowled. And then the third, uh, second last ball of the day, uh, hits like the guy's the shoulder of the guy's bat, and our um, short uh, short leg jumps across the pitch to take a one handed catch. 
like yeah, Shane yeah. Warne and Booney style. Then I could I I double had the chance at a double hat trick on the last ball of the day, which would have also secured a uh, an Maybe. innings victory. Couldn't get it, but still hat trick. Still got the trophy. That was fun because like when you go to everyone that's played sport will know this. When you when you go to a presentation night for a, a club in any sport. Like the senior teams, like the top ones, will be like jokingly trying to recruit young players that go up to get trophies. Whenever you go up to get trophies, like I walked up to get my hat trick trophy, and like mm. the A grade team was like, "Oh, yep, you next year." And I was like, <laughs> "Mate, if you had any idea, yeah. I'm the worst bowler in this yeah. club." We were medium, mediums, uh, slow, slows. Yeah, yeah. And I played well, one year cricket. I played. I wanted to play my whole childhood. Dad wouldn't let me play it. Too boring for him. I played when I was like 21 Fair. or 22, and I was it was when I was peak fatness, like 120 yep. kilos. Hey, mate, Darren Lehman. And uh, what a surprise, having never played it ever, playing against life cricketers, well, I wasn't great. But I only got out once all year. I did average 30 as an opener one year. That, But I don't know, does that count as an achievement? I don't know. I don't know. Well, I averaged, I averaged like 30 at year up because I only got out once. Oh, <laughs> good, on, good on you. That's because I always batted like... All right, I was opening. Yeah, no, Sorry. that's it. So that's, yeah. yeah. I got scored 31, all my runs, almost in one innings, and nice. then got out once. Uh, Le Lewis flick pass to Rapana 4 September 2016 or Cottridge's back heel Rapana 7 June 2019 Ooh, flick question. pass not even close yeah probably more intense little skill in it yeah good point <laughs> spinning as well looking, looking it's perfect man a few more questions uh, Warwick Ahern would rugby league in fact die if everything stopped for the origin period as one hot take match exclaimed no it should it would be better but okay no, as in it should it should yeah, stop. Yeah, no, but it's, like, it's not going to kill anything. Fucking hell! Like I, I I don't know the right answer. I don't know if going for three weeks straight is the right answer because Origins Alua is so much about that build up for the series and build through the series. But I don't understand how you can't have like three standalone weekends in a six week period or something. Yeah, I don't know. I think they're working towards it anyway. Fans they are, are already enough. one game is not on a Wednesday anymore. Yeah. Uh, David Hunter, are the Eels trialing a new tactic by getting rid of Manor? They've lost every time they sign someone this season. If works, what go, or who goes next week? Oh, I mean, Ray signed someone. Well, it doesn't seem he's gone now, so there you go. Sticky Ricky, at Beast Sticky, how much longer will Shooting Stars persist with the strategy of picking 20 old halfbacks to give them so much experience for future years? Never. They should not do it. Yes. Origins about winning this series. Yep. They never know who's the best half next year, so yeah. And Warwick Ahern, what is the most underrated insult? Fraud or coward? I think. NRL, the NRL community as a whole has made coward a mainstream insult. I call coward people cowards at least once a day now. Yeah. But I also call a lot of people frauds. frauds. They're both very good insults. <sighs> coward hurts more. Yeah, I think coward's a better one. Yeah. Actually, there's a few more questions here. Our friend Mario Sieg's being blocked by the Twitter said you have the show more, show more replies button. Oh. So your content's got that shit, mate. Twitter has put you in the show more replies. Anyway. I think that's an astute decision by Twitter. Uh, Mario Seeds, <laughs> is there a dearth of quality guest hosts available or have they simply moved on to better things? Dearth. Dearth. <laughs> well, <laughs> yeah. nah, people are busy. It's all right. Yeah, I mean, no, we did have a week to plan for this. It's a mid-origin Tuesday night. Like We did pretty well, I, yeah, think. I think. Nearly two hours. And he says, do the Warriors take momentum into game six? Fuck off. <laughs> um, I, it's one of those things. Obviously, KD back makes it a series... But is it like, do they get a bump from the inspiration of it now? I don't know. They're a team, mate. The Golden State Warriors are a team. Like, even when they were down 3-1 to OKC a few years ago and Clay Thompson went nuclear. And he is like, in terms of going nuclear, he is the man. He's got... He, the hot hand fallacy, like, statistically actually agrees with Clay Thompson. He is more likely to hit his next round after hitting his last one. It's just a thing with him. So, you, who knows? Like, they're, they're a shot. They have too many good shooters to not be, but I'm hoping the Raptors can, can finish it. Wouldn't mind seven games, though. Yeah. 
If Manor does indeed say it, para, para is Dean Ritchie officially the worst rumour monger in sport? Well, Ben Wallace's rumour monger tracker is out there. I believe Dean Ritchie's O, o for whatever this year. No, didn't he, right, yeah. didn't he pick Manor? Well, Manor's gone back, though. Oh, Manor's what you say. Right, sorry, I missed the start of that. Yeah, yeah um, big fan of the rumour monger tracker. Very, very good use of his time. It's t- yeah. Has it been blocked by like all the people that he's... A lot of them, yeah. Yeah, especially the main one that makes most of the claims. But it's like, he's just tracking your claims. He's not... He's literally, you. It's like when um, when we get accused of being biased by people. It's like we're literally just printing what the Prime Minister wrote. Yeah. Like, that's what biased. Yeah. Uh, last question. Mario sees again. If three people come to your house to quote for something and all quote about the same and you decide on the only representative, only one represented by an attractive female, are you definitely a sexist pig? So responsible for the misogyny in the world? Asking for a friend. Nah. Whatever. I mean... There's a whole lot of things in going. It's 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 a whole it's a whole vision thing. Like it's I don't care if you, if you, that makes you feel the best about make, doing the deal. That's fine. There's plenty of reasons why you might trust one person over another. Yeah, that's for you. That might be one of them. Yeah, good on you. Yeah, I'm I'm dealing with a, a, with lawyers right now uh, for an unrelated issue, <laughs> and the one I've gone with a lot of them quoted, and he wasn't the cheapest, most expensive, but he was just the most responsive, and he seemed like. The person who was most open without taking money first, if you get me. And I was like, okay, you're my guy. That's it. It might be the wrong choice, but that's where I went. It's like when some people, when they join a gym, right? Mm. You, you might not go to the most expensive one or the, or the cheapest one. You might just go to the one where the staff are the nicest. Yeah. Or, you know, they're the most... Like, it's people. optics. Yeah. So if looking at a hot woman as many times as you can makes you feel better at the deal you quoted, just lie to your wife. And Good on you, Andy. Up. You big creep. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you sandal wearing fraud. <laughs> <laughs> Quote getting coward. <laughs> yeah, okay, you got them both in. Is that last question? That is. What a great note to end on. <laughs> He's going to be so upset. Poor Andy. Oh, Twitter, poor Andy. Blocked his, sorry, Twitter blocked his questions. Not a great couple of minutes for him. Yeah, um, yeah that's our show. Um, maybe we'll get someone on next week. If you want to come on, message Mitch. <laughs> Follow someone else. Don't, don't talk to me. Yeah, I don't make the decisions. Yeah, we don't want to keep we don't want to keep trotting out the same people. They've got their own stuff to do as well. Yeah, so. we feel guilty for leaning on people. Yeah. Anyway, thanks for listening, everyone. Anyway, yeah, enjoy this week's games, and we'll see you next week. <laughs>